The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. This isn't CC's country music station. Inside Florida Racing! Inside Florida Racing! Inside Florida Racing! Inside Florida Racing! Okay, well hey, I couldn't make it up to Citrus Saturday night. Um, what happened? How, how, how did you do? How did I do? I did great. I didn't spin out. I, didn't, I mean, I finished off 75 laps. I beat Wayne Anderson. You know, had to, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I did have to apologize to some of the crowd afterwards, not only for my own actions, but for Wayne Anderson's actions with crash. Wow, that's I special, am... man. That's you're a really class act, Rob. I, I have to tell you, I man. am so sorry I missed it. I, I, I hope you forgive me. I was, uh, I got a horrible migraine um, after the funeral, and there was just, I was just in bed. <sighs> hey, it was a great time. It was, uh, it was kind of chilly out. Um, you know, there was uh, lots of uh, cars there, you know, racing, and uh, it was kind of, you know, the, the late model race itself was full of, uh, you know, not only guys like myself and Wayne Anderson, and, but, uh, you know, some younger guys, you know, uh, you know Daniel Webster and uh, uh, Champ and, uh, you know, some of these other guys that, you know, run really well, and then it was great to see guys that I haven't seen and raced with in a long time. What kind of car count was there? For your for your race, team cars to start with, and then I think by the time we raced, we had seventeen that started. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, it was it was good, you know. It was uh, Fletcher was there, Wayne Wayne Anderson, and uh, hey Rob, hey Rob. Yeah. The only problem with that race, the whole night, was it was just it was just too too hot. It, I mean, if it had been a much cooler day, I think it would have been better. <laughs> No, I think it was perfect. You know, nobody, nobody was sweating, Jack. You know, <laughs> finally sell that hot chocolate. Yeah. How did the wrap come out on your car? What's that? How did the uh, the real racing USA wrap come out? Oh, it looks, it looks good. It looks like a big bumper sticker across the hood. Uh, you know, I'm sure that Jack took some kind of picture with that camera. Did that camera work, Jack? Yeah, we had. <laughs> we actually do have. A, we got a, a, actually a lot of pictures uh, from. Uh, 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 as a matter of fact, Robert Wing was there, and and uh, he got a lot of pictures. And uh, uh, but I was over at Henry County Speedway yesterday, and we're going to have Bill Green on towards the uh, end of the show. He's going to be the uh, um, he was down in Henry County, and he and I will uh, kind of give a little update on everything that went at Henry County. But I was between uh, Henry County and uh, 
getting a sore throat Saturday night uh, at uh, 35 degree winter, spectacular, and uh, and watching the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and the uh, the Phoenix. Oh my God! The, you know, I, I wish that I the Cardinals. Can you imagine? So he always had talked about from the very beginning that the two teams that were going to be playing in the Super Bowl would be the Cardinals and the Steelers. And yeah, which I which I need somebody with a line, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, imagine. So, and I'll tell you what, why don't we do this? Why don't we, um, uh, because of the technical, technological issues that we have to deal with, why don't we take a very quick break here and uh, go return to uh, uh, the country music station, and uh, and we'll hook up with Daniel Webster, who won the race up at Citrus. How's that? Yeah, that's good, and we can talk a little bit more about uh, the race there at Citrus and uh, what happened on your end, Jack. You know, I didn't even get a chance to talk, not talk to you about... Uh, what actually went on around the other things that uh, you know that we normally would do. All right, man. You're well, right. and 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 besides talking, you know, to Daniel, we have a very interesting show. Um, we're going to uh, dive into a topic that we have never have uh, tackled here before in Inside Florida Racing. We're going to talk about African Americans in motorsports since today is. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and tomorrow um, Barack Obama becomes our president. Pretty historic, Jack. Yeah, pretty amazing. So we're going to talk to uh, Irvin Kennedy, who uh, has been running a website for about a, about 10 years, I believe, or close to it, but uh, for uh, promoting uh, uh, and in trying to increase the, the number of African Americans involved in motorsports, not just stock car racing, all motorsports. And uh, he has some pretty interesting things to talk about, I'm sure. And also, of course, Sam Rodriguez uh, in our karting section. Um, and uh, Rob, uh, Rob will get really into that, I'm sure. We got Eddie Van Meter, who is uh, a late model driver. A lot of Floridians know him as a as a late model driver, but he is um, one of the most maniacal figure eight drivers. And I didn't know this until actually within the last few days. And uh, he's going to be on with us because he's going to be at Auburndale in the the World Figure Eight deal. So, okay, bunch great of stuff. show. Stick around. We'll be right back with Inside Florida Racing. Gotta love Credence Clearwater Revival. Huh? Country Bumpkin. Yeah, that's that's Credence Clearwater Revival, man. Imagine that. CCR on IFR. Okay. All right. Now you know. Now we've got uh, the man that you know from my vantage point from the race the other night. 
was pretty much whipping everybody, you know, because I was really getting whipped up on. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was funny, Daniel Webster, MIT. By the way, folks, we have Daniel Webster on the line. Go ahead, Daniel. Oh, hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, what a it, race turned out really well in my favor. <laughs> yeah, it, it, what I was going to say is that, CC, uh, you're going to love this, is that in the middle of me getting whapped a few times by this guy. Yeah. In the middle of the race. Um, I was saying to the guy, I was like, this guy is killing him. Daniel's killing him. And he was like, yeah, they ain't, nobody's got anything for him. Now, Daniel, uh, when you're out there and you're running that well, um, what were you saying on your radio? Um, well, my exhaust turns under the car, so if I try to talk back, they basically just hear engine noise. But uh, <laughs> basically, my dad just kept telling me over and over again, um, just keep rolling in easy, you know, easy off, don't, don't abuse it, save it. For the end, in case you need something, uh, you know, in case somebody comes up through the pack that has something for you, late caution or something, just you know, just don't abuse it. Basically, just, just run just as hard as you need to. And uh, it was it, it was a, probably the first race I ever didn't break a sweat in the car. <laughs> yeah, we had the most comfortable seat, didn't we? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a little chilly. We were. Uh, I'll tell you, Rob. We were really. Uh, Mike uh, Reed, um, the owner of, of the Citrus uh, County Speedway, and uh, uh, Critter hooked us up with him, and, and he was uh, nice enough to let us have uh, use of one of their uh, VIP uh, booth areas there. And, uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, so, yeah so, so we had a really nice vantage point and a nice seat. As a matter of fact, I kind of picked Daniel. As the cars were, you guys were getting ready to, to take the green, uh, we were... Say, you know, we're discussing who might win this race. I said, well, it looks to me where Daniel Webster is. He has a pretty good chance to, to get this. And then as the race started, the only thing I was concerned about if if how patient you were going to be, Daniel, about getting by Oglesby. Well, I had to be because Brock is my best friend. I mean, me and him, we hang out all the time, talk on the phone every day. Uh, we've got hours of playing Xbox against each other. Uh, <laughs> so it was, it was really neat to get to race one two with him because um, we've never really raced with each other on the track that much. I mean, we either you know, our racing careers have kind of taken you know different points in time you know, here and there. He raced a lot whenever you know, I was still in the like street stocks or whatever, and then whenever I moved up was kind of when he started to not race as much. And then I've I've been helping him out as much as I could, um, and my dad helps him out too. He's kind of trying to do it more on his own now. And uh, it, it was really neat getting a race with him. And I actually, I helped buy him uh, two tires for the race because he was short on money. And uh, so I definitely had a, I had a vested interest in him running well as well also <laughs> if I wanted my money back. So uh, um, I had to make sure to get by him clean and smooth. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting story point there. Well, I kind of knew that he was going to be the winner, Jack, on about. I guess it was lap uh, 35 to lap 40 was the first time that I got wrapped, and uh, I had real issues with my car. I had no brakes, you know, my brakes. I finally figured it out, you know, it takes a few times when you don't have a chance to go practice a whole lot. It takes a few times to go to these races and figure things out. And, uh, you know, we get things sorted out, and actually the car ran really well, other than the fact I, I must have the wrong gear, because I couldn't stand in the gas, or I couldn't do anything with it with as cold as it was. Uh, and do you have issues with that at all, with the cold weather and getting the car to hook up? Because you ran a Super, right? It, it was the absolute slickest racetrack I've ever been in, on in my life. I mean, that's the first time, if I tried to to hold the gas to the floor down the front stretch, 
it would hit the rev chip. I mean, it was, I mean, mine, as good as it was, was still an absolute handful. I mean, I, I never really got to relax. I mean, there's, there's times last year at Auburndale when, with that car that I really dominated down there a few races to where it, it almost got like to where I could just kind of just like hold on with one wheel on the steering wheel and, and just ride. But Saturday night, I mean, every lap I still had to work with it because it was so slick and so cold and like, there was a kind of in the middle of the backstretch, I could get the gas to the floor a little bit, but I mean, you, you still, like I said, even as good as my car was, I had to be on eggshells the whole time because it was, it was a handful. So you love the long green, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was praying that don't, no caution, no caution, no caution, no caution. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw the 98 get in second on the scoreboard and went, oh, I mean, there was a few races last year where I was, I was checked out leading, and uh, we had a caution or something that put him right behind me, and he ended up getting me. Um, I, last year I drove the three all year at Inverness, and that was the car that we ended up putting uh, Mike Bresnahan in Saturday. And it, the poor thing, it, it broke the exact same part, it, it, uh, a lower uh, monoball stud instead of ball joint. Uh-huh. Um, it, the same race a year ago, I broke the right front, and Mike broke the left front Saturday. And it, I mean, that, that race car is 20 years old. It's the old Rusty Wallace perimeter Dillon chassis. That's a good car, man. That car's run a lot, you know. Uh, I wanted to talk about that a little bit, about your dad, uh, how long he's been in racing. And, you know, uh, I remember Florida Pro Races when you were a kid, man, just running around. <laughs> I'd like to see you out there today, you know, because that's to tell me, you know, that you've been really winning some races, you know. I said, well, it's going to be good to race against them when we go there because I need to be there. And uh, it was cool to see your dad there. driving the super we had a, a triple 50 lapper that night and i uh, i won the third leg of it and it, it, was, it was really neat it was it was a uh, it was such a great night because it was my mom's birthday that that day it was the first time ever driving one of my dad's supers and it was a big triple 50 lap event deal and i won the, the third leg of it that was that was a really special night super tc are you, you have anything to ask this young man well i was well, i was sort of wondering you know Exactly. You know, how young are you, Daniel? I mean, how long did and, and did you start off your career in racing in carts like a lot of other drivers? Uh, no, I always wanted to growing up, but my dad, being a race car builder, I guess he didn't want to deal with that. I mean, he was he's been busy racing his own stuff. I mean, as far as being as a car owner and a crew chief and everything, um, he just I, I guess wasn't interested in the go karts or didn't want me to develop any bad habits from karting. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly the reason but he waited until i was 14 and kind of gave me like an old bomber car mm-hmm. basically told me you know there's your car there's the welder there's the torches here you go <laughs> wow and uh and yeah i had help from a lot of different people that would come by my dad's shop because I mean, that's what he does for a living is builds race cars so i had all his customers would come by and tell me whatever he didn't want to help me with mm-hmm. trying to make, make me figure it out on my own so and then I, I, so that made me, must have made you really appreciate the Absolutely. race car and everything involved since you really had to do it from the ground up. That, I think, has been, yeah, that's the major part 
I, I think that's beneficial to anybody. That I mean, I, I think that would make that makes me a better driver than a young rich kid whose daddy buys them going into the sport. Mm-hmm. Little sour towards. <laughs> um, like I, I think that I've gained a lot of respect for Oglesby because back whenever he raced all the time, he was a rich spoiled kid who, uh, you know, I was actually paid to help work on his car at one point in time. Daniel, you're talking about your buddy here, man. Back then, he really wasn't because he was. I raced hobby stocks that I worked on all week while my dad went and had somebody else drive his late model where Brock would show up on race day, walk around in the stands while people worked on his car and everything. And and if he tore it up, who cares? He'd, you know, he'd you know, go ride his four-wheel around in the pits afterwards because that was the mentality he had growing up. But now his dad got out of it and kind of stuck him with the car. And I've, you know, we spent the last year or so, I've you know, had to teach him the basics on everything. And, uh, cause I mean, he just, he'd never had to before. Mm-hmm. It, it's so, it, it's really gratifying to see how much he appreciates it now. Um, I mean, he's out there every night. Like right now, I just got off the phone, uh, with him. He's pulling the rear end out of his car cause the rear end, um, broke on it Saturday. And, uh, yeah, and he, you know, he works hard, puts every, you know, dollar he has in, you know, to go race Saturday. And, uh, I think that makes him so much of a better race car driver that he does it all himself now. So what's next for you, Daniel? Where will you be racing this weekend? Uh, I don't think there's any racing this weekend coming. Um, the following weekend is Punta Gorda, but, God, it's a long drive. Um, <laughs> I would like to you better go get that money, Daniel. I mean, you're on, you're on what's called a roll, and if I know your dad like I know your dad, he's going to want to take that car over there and want you to win again. Well, that, and you know, Daniel, once you appear on Inside Florida Racing, there is our famous Inside Florida Racing bump that you get. It's like, you know, it's like good luck, and then you you win your next race. Uh, I remember uh, there's a, a little local TV show we used to do at Citrus County Speedway, and they always said the same thing. Whoever appeared on there would win the next week. And the the last time that I was on there, I did actually win the following week up in Ocala. It works, It man. works, and there are drivers that will testify that they've won after appearing on our show. Yep. Well, I hope it works. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if we're going to go or not because, I mean, even though we did win, we still spent the money to bring two cars there. Yeah. And the other one didn't bring back any money because it broke before the race. Um, so, I mean, it just brought back tow money. So we still, I mean, we, we didn't lose money on the night, but we didn't make enough to go spend more on another night, you know, if, if we you know, don't. Well, you know, if, you're, if you decide to race at CCMP, um, just let us know so we can uh, come on down and support you and, and come on out and I can come on down to the track and meet you. That would be nice. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll tell you, Daniel, Citrus is uh, it's the first time I, 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 I wasn't able to go to Citrus County last year at all. It, just other things are always getting in the way, but that's such a good track. Uh, like the, like last last Saturday, I mean, they had a, a, a full, I mean, there was like 20, 20 or so uh, many stocks, great race. Um, yeah. I forget that other class is like a street stock or a sportsman uh, type. I think those are pure stocks. Pure stocks. Mm-hmm. That was they had a, a, about twenty of those. At least they had a ton of those out there. Yeah, they did. And it's uh, only half of our classes. We also have sure uh, the street stocks, the sportsmen, uh, modifieds, and everything. I mean, yeah, I, I every time I go anywhere else, I I try to promote citrus as much as I can to get more people to come. Well, see, like here's whenever, the thing. You were over at the Red Eye, and I was trying to talk to Larson. Uh, Colangelo, a couple of those guys trying to talk them into coming over to Citrus to run, and I don't, I don't know why they don't. What is Citrus's key to such a high, consistent car count? Then that that other tracks are lacking. 
If, well, payout for one. I mean, they, I think they pay better than anywhere. Hey, it takes they them a little while to pay, though. Uh, yeah, Saturday night was kind of aggravating. As cold as it was, I really wanted to get out of there. Well, you know, one of the things, too, that, that's really cool is that they have a – and we always talk about this – is that uh, Citrus County has had a consistent management, the same management for um, quite a – like uh, Critter's been there, and, and uh, they've been there for a while doing the same thing. So a good relationship between drivers yeah, they, and management. Well, and they don't change things around too much. It, the guys know what to expect. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the same Consistency management. Consistency is so important. And, and like the thing they did with the uh, with the, the Modifieds uh, uh, a little bit ago, they put putting them on the, the harder, slower tires. Put them on entreaded, slower tires, sure. And it, and it worked, and some of the guys weren't up on it, right? And But they came around. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, I talked to, to Tate Pierce after the race, and he said that was probably the most fun he'd ever had in that modified race, just trying to, because you have to work so hard to hang on with, with that tire. Yeah. It's a whole other element. And, and I'll tell you something. Hey, Rob, check this out now. Citrus yeah. County, uh, remember they uh, two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, whatever it was, on the 3rd, when we were going to go and we, we didn't make it there, they had the modified race. They had, like, about 18 cars, something like that. Yeah. And uh, uh, they went to those tires some of the, they actually had a few more guys who didn't race, who normally would race, because they were a little squeamish about the tires, uh, the tire change. But they had a, 18 cars, had a great race, um, and now today Charlotte announced that they are too going to go to the treaded tires because they had their big modified race last Sunday and not oh, Sunday a week ago, and they only had seven cars, so they went wow. and changed their deal too. Okay, so let me ask here: Do the uh Treaded tires, are they more affordable for the drivers than Rob? They last longer. They last longer? Okay. And they're cheaper. And they're cheaper, yeah. And they're cheaper. Okay. Here's another. Uh, it's down just a little bit, but if, if they want to work the tires, if they really don't, you know, uh, start messing with them for using software and stuff like that, those tires will work fine, you know. So here's my other question. Um, Jack, what are the adult grandstand price prices at Citrus? Twelve, I believe. Twelve. Twelve? And they got they got family packs and stuff, right? See, I'll tell you that for as cold as it was, thirty five degrees the other night. Mm-hmm. In my race car trailer it was thirty eight degrees. Yep. For as cold as it was, I was amazed. Me too. They had more people in the grandstand probably than Charlotte had and DeSoto had. Yep. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, yeah. the ticket price is a good yep. price. Yeah, it was a good thing. So, so you were, that's where you race most of the time, right? Right, Daniel? Yeah, it's, only, it's 20 minutes from home, so it's hard not to. There you go. Well, you keep you keep going out there and winning, and uh, stay in touch with us. Let us know how you're doing, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us know if you're going to come to Charlotte. Uh, we, we might be trying to save some money to run maybe the last night of Speed Weeks at New Smyrna. Now, that's that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's, that's a, a great track. The Pete Orr Memorial on the 14th of, uh, of February. It's a big, big race in front of a mm-hmm. big crowd. Hey, you, yeah, that's a good deal. And don't deal. blame you for wanting to race on that track. That's wonderful. Real quick, while we got Daniel on here, so maybe uh, the folks will understand. Daniel's not one of these guys that's got big budget to race with, okay? No. He's just like me. He's the guy. His dad's the guy. It has a race car that works on it all the time. It works on other race cars, builds race cars for people, okay? But doesn't have no limited budget to go run. But this kid right here, let me tell you, just is setting the world on fire right now with race car So if there's some guy out there that's got some sponsorship money, wants to throw it on a car, you know, that's one they ought to throw it on. But if he, if he had more money, CC, let me tell you, they'd be there. 
at Charlotte. And I'd love to see him go down to Charlotte because uh, he might show some of the guys how to race. One thing I, w- I want to say about Citrus and racing there the other night is that I felt like the guys I was racing with were more like those kind of guys, more mm-hmm. like guys like myself that, that, that don't have unlimited budget. So you weren't racing with guys that were out there trying to be heroes, and there wasn't any wrecks really the other night. You know, the thing with Ken Anderson, that was just something that they got into accidentally, you know, and, uh, uh, but there really wasn't a lot of that going on. And the only other jam-up was uh, on that restart. Right. Whenever Brock kind of checked us up, I right. talked to him later. He said that whenever he got on the gas, the car made a clank noise, and that's when the rear end started to break. And then he wasn't trying to brake check us. That's when, when everyone jammed up on that restart. That was when his car was starting to break. What car number is he? The, the, 80, the blue 88 that started on the pole. Hey, he was the guy you never saw, Rob, because he was way out front, okay? Hey, Daniel. I saw a guy that was way out front, okay? Hey, hey. Way out front, I saw him a couple times. All right. Daniel, thanks a lot for spending some time with us here on Inside Florida Racing, man. we got to run. Good luck in 2009. You're off to a good start. Thank hey, you, Daniel. Uh, tell your dad, the bonehead said, what's up? Bye, Daniel. All right. Uh, Rob, what we're going to do here now is uh, we did have uh, – uh, Drew Brannon scheduled in this particular upcoming time slot. We're going to move uh, uh, Drew around a little bit later in the show, and we're going to uh, come back with uh, Irvin Kennedy and uh, uh, some of the other folks uh, from the uh, African Americans in Motorsports uh, deal, and uh, we'll be right back. All right. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. Hi, I'm Tyler Ivey, driver of the number 47 car, and you're listening to Real Racing USA. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Movie Theater Ticket Ripper Upper. Mr. Movie Theater Ticket Ripper Upper. Truly the long arm of the law at the movie theater. You and a velvet rope are all that keep the huddled masses from a free flick. Ever vigilant, you boldly demand to see our stub. Getting a little personal, don't you think? Who's the guy in the military-style uniform that would make any third-world dictator proud? Mr. Movie Theater Ticket Ripper Upper, that's who. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Stubmaster, because you really tear it up. Mr. Movie Theater Ticket Ripper Upper. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri.
Inside Florida Racing. Good evening, everyone. CC Brooks with you. It is. Uh, we have a real interesting guest lined up next for us, Rob. Um, you know, something that a lot of people probably don't think much of, but African Americans in motorsports. Um, something, a topic we have never discussed on our show, and glad that we can get into this tonight. On the line, Irvin Kennedy is with us. Uh, Irvin, welcome to Inside Florida Racing. Hey, thank you. Glad to be a part of it. Who, who else do we have with you? Uh, do we have yeah. another guest? Yeah, we have another guest, my colleague, Aaron Anderson, who also helps out on the on the website. And we had a third colleague that was supposed to join us, but I haven't been able to contact him. Guy named Paul Riley, who is uh, facilities manager for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Urban, uh, this is Rob Elting. Um, how you doing? Uh, what is the website? The website is uh, it's the acronym for African Americans in Motorsports. We call it AIM1.com. It's A A I M and the number one dot com. And you really cover a, a wide um, variety, different types of racing. Yes, we do. And you and you talk about different um, and Afri- African Americans in all leadership roles, from from being in from crew to racing to managing racetracks. That's exactly right. We cover what any African American is doing in the world of racing. And actually, that was our initial mission when we started this site eight years ago. But uh, it's now become a twofold mission. We're also introducing African Americans to the world of racing. That's why we started covering the different major series, such as IndyCar, NASCAR, and Formula One, and uh, AMA and NHRA, things like that. And I see you have a special section for kids. Absolutely. One of our, uh, I've been a race fan my entire life. Ended my first Indy 500 when I was five years old, now 47. And uh, first race I remember is when I was seven. So I've, I've been a passionate race fan my entire life. So you always want to give back to the kids things that you're passionate about. You know, you never know how you inspire a child. So one of the things that we do every year, take a group of local kids out to the track uh, during the month of May. We haven't started doing it for the NASCAR event yet because it's such a quick event. It's only three days practice day of qualification day race day. We have more of an opportunity during the Indy 500 because it is a month-long event. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of the ways we give back. Uh, we get excellent response. We even have parents that always want to go. Because believe it or not, a lot of African Americans in this city have never been to the track, and uh, it's it's the uh, track is like spot dead in the middle of the city, just miles downtown. Well, I, I don't think that's so unusual. It's the fact that you there are there are local tracks like all around here in the state of Florida that people who you know live like for example here in um, in the Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte, Northport area who don't realize that we have a short track just you know minutes right down the road. Right. You know, and I, I think it's just when people aren't exposed to it, if they haven't seen any advertising or know somebody that likes to go. They just—it's not on their radar. They don't realize it's there. Now, when you take kids to the track, are you taking both boys and girls? Absolutely. 
And do you okay. find the girls getting into it also? Uh, yes, we do. We we find sometimes the girls get into it more than the boys do. That's right. Yes, we do. <laughs> they ask more questions. They sometimes they ask the tougher questions. They're more attentive. They 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 remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. DC is all of those things for our show. There's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Urban, <laughs> let, let me ask you guys something. Uh, what, why is it, do you think, that we, we don't see more African Americans in, um, in in the local racing? Or, or not, not only talking about the big racing on TV. Let's not even talk about them. Let's talk about at the local racetrack. Um, why don't we see more African Americans there? Well, your partner um, <clears throat> alluded to it earlier. I, I think it's more of exposure than anything else. Um, <clears throat> when you grow up in a certain neighborhood and you're used to certain things and you're not exposed to to racing, so to speak, <clears throat> excuse me, then it's, it's really not on your radar. It's, it's just never been an interest because you don't have that exposure. We have found, though, with taking kids to the track, that uh, some of these kids have kept in touch with us, and especially through the parents whom have continued to go to the track. And uh, I think once once you get in, get the exposure out there and let them see what it's about, just never know how you pique someone's interest. Yeah. And, well, here, here's something I'm curious about. How do you think the uh, the race tracks, the local race tracks, could then um, better? serve the local African-American communities and getting the word out to them that there is the racetrack here and that, you know, so they will feel welcome to come down and participate and then maybe get interested in becoming a racer? It has to be marketed specifically right. to African-Americans. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the difference between uh, basically black American, and white Americans, black Americans is more specialized. We have our own radio station our own food joints. We even have our own newspaper. <laughs> it's true in our local community. Yeah. So if, if uh, phase one of exposure would be to advertise to those specific stations, uh, media, just to get it out there. And, and then I think for today's kids who have so much opportunity or just choices, you would almost have to wrap it up with something else that they, that they actually are interested in. And nothing comes to mind, you know, like a Adidas shoe night or something like that, or, or a local rapper, you know, yeah. that nature. Things that, that they're interested in that would bring them out that first time, and then after they saw what was going on, you know, you never know how you pique someone's interest. And then it has to be a continual thing. Once you get them out, you can't just drop the ball and and never go back to it again or advertise again or, or whatever. It has to be something continual because... Today's kids are constantly bombarded with images of the things that they like, whether it be a video or a particular artist or mm-hmm. um, a particular video game. It's that constant bombardment that, that piques their interest. So, I, I, you know, we have a lot of uh, uh, promoters and racetrack owners that definitely tune into this show. If not live, they tune into it sometime during the week. And uh, I hope that they're paying attention and listening to the fact that um, advertising in the right media, um, where African Americans would be listening, um, is very smart um, in trying to 
uh, get these folks at their racetrack, whether it be to watch or whether it be to get involved in racing. Because what I what I think when a drag racing, I think you see plenty of Af- African American influence there. Um, I always have. I, I remember when we used to drag race in high school and everything. You know, it, I didn't care. You know, I I was ready. You know, and uh, it seemed like we'd go to the drag races, and there'd be African American influence there. But when you go to the stock car races, there's not. So advertising there would be smart. Well, you mentioned one big key when you used to drag race when you was in high school. I mean, one of the rites of passage or declaring our independence as a teenager is to get your driver's license and get a car. (laughs) 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 Not to say that we all grew up racing or, you know, drag racing on the streets or anything like that. But when you uh, you can identify more with the drag racer because you actually have been in a situation where you may have been at a stoplight at 16 years old with in your souped up hot rod or whatever or you know in, in my 73 silica everybody did it. Anyone know what it didn't matter what it was. You lined up next to somebody sometime or another. And everybody has that competitive feeling. So I think that you know. Just as all, we all love Levi's jeans, okay? We all love to sit in the car and go fast. That's so, very true. Uh, put, uh, put put in front of you and a, and a chance and an opportunity to do it, um, I think uh, it's something that, uh, that they would need to get involved in. And, you know, uh, you, you guys uh, need to listen to the show t- uh, as we go on in the future weeks uh, because we do have a carding section in the show. And uh, upcoming, we're going to be talking uh, with... Um, uh, Garcia. What's Garcia? No, Sam Rodriguez. No, no, I'm not talking about tonight. But in Chad oh. Dawkin. Oh, we're going to talk to J.R. Garcia. Yeah, J.R. Garcia, and, and he yeah. he's got opportunities where he puts people in the driver's seat. Okay, for thirty bucks. Wow. You can oh. get the driver's seat of something in racing. We're going to be talking about that in future shows, but that's something that I think that these kids need to get involved in, and somehow or another. Um, I think they can make it work. And just like in Charlotte County, they've got kart racing there. That may be a way for them to get into it. And I say kart racing other than car racing only because it's a little bit more affordable. Well, kart racing is, is always a great way to get started. I mean, I my parents wouldn't allow me, and my wife wouldn't allow me <laughs> as an adult <laughs> to place my daughter in quarter midgets when she turned, I think, I think the age here is like seven. And I wanted to do it really badly, but my wife was <laughs> kind of reminded me that, that that was my dream. What'd she do, soccer? Son, did you make her have a son? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, two girls and then, and I was I was through trying. Karting <laughs> so, uh, uh, is, is is an excellent way to get into it. As a matter of fact, I have a go kart, and uh, oh, you can have one today. <laughs> I have one, but uh, age and uh, uh, wisdom has caught up with me on, on, on that particular one. It's been parked for a couple of years now, but um, that's definitely one of the ways to get to get kids involved and to get their interest. But you even see in the organized forms of these card, carding races that it starts to get pricey, too, because people are taking it really serious. And we have a number of carding tracks around our area here in Indiana and the Indianapolis in particular. Matter of fact, Mark Dismore, who used to race in the Indy Racing League, just built one of these state-of-the-art karting facilities just outside of Indianapolis, a place called Newcastle. 
and uh, they hold a lot of organized events. And even during the big NASCAR race, when the drivers come down, that whole week they're here, they go there and actually race. And they race against some of the local kids and the local talents and things of that nature. But karting is definitely the way to get started. Don't you agree? I, I definitely agree. And you see a lot of people refer to uh, their karting experience when they competed against each other in the karting era. Uh, some of the big names out there, they always prefer that. Or you see pictures of them, and they're all both on the same page. You say, my, look at him. He did look young back then. Well, it'd just be nice to see uh, the influence brought some way or another. And uh, I think when people think about car racing, sometimes it might be a little bit um, too much for them. Jack, what do you think about that? I mean, uh, about which? About, about between the cars. I mean, what... What do you think would be the better thing to uh, try well, to work that influence in? I mean, in both ways, um, it, it, it obviously fans would be the first thing to try to get involved. But uh, well, that was what I was going to say. Bring racers. Yeah, well, that was what I was going to say. You know, I, I haven't even. You know, um, I'm going to send uh, Irvin a, a list that I've compiled of, of uh, African American drivers who race in Florida at the local level, but. I think that, you know, it's just like it doesn't matter what color your skin is or any what culture your deal is, you know. The the thing is is that you've got to be putting people in the seats watching the racing before they get the bug to get involved, you know. I mean, I would never have got involved as a sponsor and in the marketing and promotion and media end like I did if I hadn't have got to the racetrack and seen it and got excited yeah, about it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there that drive race cars, um full-time or maybe, you know, every now and then, like myself, who didn't get into it because their father did it. They got into it because they started going to the racetrack and saw it was exciting and wanted to try it for themselves. Yeah. They're all fans first. Yeah. Do you think that uh, maybe that, say, uh, talking about Charlotte County down there, is that maybe that um, he should concentrate maybe some free tickets into an African-American area? That's exactly what I was thinking, Rob, and I was thinking about some of the um, after-school program areas, the rec areas um, down in Charlotte County that um, are in the more of the African-American um, neighborhoods and start dispensing, you know, the tickets there, and the kids can take them home with, little, with a little flyer about the track to their parents, and, you know, the Treat them down, come down and check out the races for free, and um, and introduce them that way to it. I mean that that would be an an easy an easy inexpensive first step for a track to make. Yes, yeah, definitely. What do you think, guys? Totally, totally agree. One hundred percent agree with you. And and it reminded me of uh, one of my racing heroes is Andy Granatelli, <laughs> and uh, he used to be a track promoter. And one of the things he—that's one of the things he used to do to get fans in the seats was uh, give away free tickets, and, and they would even have different promotions, you know, along with that night, such as the Wine Willinda's type of deal, you know, to go with the. the uh, that's uh, an idea. Bob <laughs> if you're listening, tie, tie a cable from one line to the other and get a guy to walk across it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's that's they used to marry entertainment with race promotions back in the the fifties and 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 sixties. Mm-hmm. You know that's when 
when the short track is finished. <laughs> hey. We're going to have a carnival. We, no, we, we can. We can. Carnival. Why? We can bring back, um, what, what was his name? The Green Mamba. Who does not like the Green Mamba? I mean, that blows everybody away when it's at the track. Burn the house down. Bur- yeah, burn a car down with the Green Mamba. Yeah, that's some extra entertainment value thrown in there. But the key oh. is, I just really think you just can't go, here's free tickets. You need to staple the free tickets to a flyer, explaining the track, telling how to get there, that it's easy and close by, and giving full details so the parents Absolutely. will look at it, and they don't really have to try to look anything up. Everything is right there. Casey, you know, I'm going to tell you something, and you might not believe it, but one of my favorite drivers is African-American. Who is it? Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton is one of the awesomest race car drivers in in the Formula One. Awesomest race car drivers to watch. If if people don't realize this about me, is that I wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning, okay? Must be nice. Formula One race, when they're on during the season. And uh, those guys are just unbelievable. And, and uh, Lewis Hamilton, how he uh, ran the season and ended up, you know, winning the season, I believe he's signing a new contract and he's still going to be racing. But, you know, African-American in the sport, he's one of the number one. Absolutely he is. And where did Lewis Hamilton start out? Car? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. There's no doubt. Absolutely he did. Well, Rob, bro. Pardon me? Where's he from? He's uh, from Great Britain. He's not technically an African American in motorsports, but he's he's close enough. (laughs) (laughs) He's African English. He's a superstar of racing, and like it's another way that we can introduce more African Americans to the world of racing. One of our one of our main goals is is to uh, I I think one of the biggest reasons why. African Americans don't get involved is they don't really understand sport. Um, you know, they understand, we understand basketball and baseball. You grow up playing those specific sports. One of the things that one of our goals this year is just more racing 101 on our site just to introduce the different disciplines of racing to African Americans. Some of the different rules and the different cars, because we get asked a lot of different questions along those lines, you know. But um, it's like, let me get this straight. They're going to go around in circles. How many times? <laughs> <laughs> it seems a little silly, I know. It's boring, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, then you got to try to explain that, you know. So the only way you can do that is throw them in the seat. <laughs> that happens. That's not just with African-Americans. That happens with everybody. A lot of people, if you just don't understand it, you don't understand it until you finally get it. Once you get it, then you realize it. You know? Yeah. Then then you become even more of a fan. Yeah. Become hooked. Like Jack. Jack is hooked beyond the 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 hook is festered inside of his mouth. You know why? You know why? Because I haven't been able to do what I really want to do yet. See. Race car drivers get hooked because they want to go out and they want to feel the adrenaline rush. They want to do all that. They want to win the competitive thing. I want to fill the grandstands, and I haven't done it yet. Aha. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I've, we've had a lot of success, don't get me wrong. But you know what I mean? I haven't accomplished. We haven't been able to beat this thing down the way we want it to and actually accomplish the kind of – but it's the same thing. You know what I mean? We do what we do because of what you do. It's the same thing. We're trying to accomplish something with a purpose, you know. I mean, that's basically what you've been at for, what, eight years now? 
Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So why do you continue to do it? I mean, I know it has had to have been hard at some times where you just said, well, is this really worth it? Never have I said that, Jack, and the only reason I'm going to tell you that is because I'm passionate about my racing. I'm the type that will enjoy it whether no one else enjoys it whatsoever. But I'm also the type that it's contagious with me. If you sit down and you talk to me and we're talking racing, we, you know, a 10-minute conversation can turn into a three-hour conversation. And when people see your passion and your love for the sport, I mean, it, 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 it will pique their interest. There you go. Uh, you know, they may tune in and go, well, let's see what this is all about, you know, along those lines. But uh, I'm like you. I'm The hook is deep of, for, for both of us. There's no doubt. One of my favorite things uh, to do is go to the race. I, I honestly don't like watching races on television. I yeah. like seeing I like Yeah, I never do. The smells, the taste. One oh, of exactly. That, uh, one of my favorite things at, at Indy is, you know, now that we have the well, we did have with Formula One that, that just recently went away, but going to the 500 and the Brickyard 400 every year, one of the things I like to do is go right up to the fence. They have some uh, stands that are really close to the fence, and during the race, you can feel the marble. And that excites me more than <laughs> about anything. Yeah, have you ever been to the, uh, Have you? Been, I think we. I asked you this off the air the other day, Did have you been to the Speed Drome? Absolutely, I have. Tell us about that little place, Eric, because uh, we've been talking to Joel Cohen. He's bringing his show down here to Florida on, uh, in uh, February at Auburndale Speedway. Tell us about your experiences over at the Speedrome. The Speedrome is a neat little place. The one thing you'll like about the Speedrome is you can see everything no matter where you're at. And that's one of the beauties of that track because growing up in the bigger tracks, especially like Indianapolis, you can only see certain parts of the track. The Speedrome, you can watch the action 300, you know, 360-degree view of the track, you can see everything. And, and uh, one of the things that uh, I like about the drone is uh, you never know what's going to happen. You might have a car come flying right at you on one lap, and, uh, you know, on the next lap you might have, uh, you know, two cars battling out for the lead. And, and it's just it's a very neat, very neat place. Uh, the races are real quick. They're a lot of fun. And what I like about the Speedrome is this it's 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 the place where you can go and see an entire race. The, the one thing the one of the I don't know if we can call it complaints, but one of the things that people say about racing is it's kinda of long and drawn out. And speedrome, you know, you can it's quick action, quick racing. It's the quick quick high, I guess is <laughs> the best way to describe it. It really is. It's it, you know, everything is fast paced, quick. Right. So Quick. Uh, competition is quick. Uh, fierce competition. Local people, uh, you know, cutting their teeth. You can go talk to these guys right afterwards, and uh, you'll see a little bit what, of everything. Does, doesn't that fit though? That whole deal about it being quick and fast, and it, you don't have to wait for something to happen. It doesn't that like fit our our, our dwindling uh, attention spans we have these days? Absolutely. Too yeah. many choices today. Too many choices. Uh, that's why my wife. Not like me to have the remote because as soon as the commercial hits, so done deal. Hey, hey, Irvin, uh, is one of the problems that that you see, um, especially like in the in the field of NASCAR, is getting financial backing for new teams. 
Because yeah. I, I believe in the past there have been African-American sports figures and entertainers that tried to start up racing teams. And even with all the money they had personally and the connections they had, they couldn't find the big sponsors to, to step in and really support a race team. That's exactly right. One of the things that we heard about racing is the quickest way to make a small fortune in racing is to start out with a big fortune. And what people don't realize that Jack uh, talked about off the air the other day is in racing, you're, you're more of branding a product as your return on investment. Most of these guys, especially these uh, our African-American stars, I believe they're used putting their money into a venture and seeing a, a substantial return on investment. And if they don't, then they're ready to move on to something else. Racing is not not like that at all. Racing. This is uh, Terry Wall. I'm a Johnny become lately on the show here. Okay. Uh, there is two African-Americans right now that own teams, at Randy Moss, the number 81 uh, truck, Craftsman mm-hmm. truck, and then Brad Doherty uh, is part owner of the number 47 Sprint Cup, uh, Marcus Ambrose is going to drive that car this year. Right. And Brad Doherty's been involved with NASCAR for many years, and he's doing the television on ESPN also. Exactly. Well, Brad Doherty is a unique figure. Brad Doherty is like everyone right now, uh, you, me, and the other people on this program. He has a passion for race. And one of the things that it's going to take to have any successful African-American driver, owner, whatever, is we need people with the passion and the money to push this thing forward. And Brad is one of those who understands that because, number one, he has a passion for race. I recently saw a story with Brad Doherty of, uh, when he was, uh, uh, I believe he was a teenager, and he was in Daytona, and he actually met Richard Petty and because he was a fan first, just as we had discussed. And then, of course, he went on to do greater things and and through the things that he did in his life, was able to now turn around and, and become involved in racing. And that's what it takes. You have to have the passion and the money to push this thing forward. And a lot of a lot of the owners that we've seen in the past, I just don't believe they have that passion because it's just another arena where they're looking to maybe further their investment. And right. racing is a, a, a different investment vehicle out there because you're more branding a product, and you are throwing in this amount of money and then getting this, you know, another amount of money back out of it. Brad Doherty, they have the passion, and that's what it takes. You have right. you have to have that passion first, and that comes from being a fan first. Yeah, the thing uh, about the other black owners that came into the sport, they were looking to make a quick buck, and they were looking at Richard Childress and Rick Hendrick and and uh, and some of those car owners that are successful, and they thought they could come in and do it the way they were doing it, but it took years and years yeah. and years. Yeah, but you know, that, Terry, that's true, but you know what? There's been a lot of people, and again, it doesn't matter if you're green, purple, or yellow. If you go into this game with that attitude right. and without the passion like Irvin's talking about, yeah. and then there's certainly not just black folks have done that deal. What, go ahead, hey, you, need, you need a passion and a sponsor. Well, but here's, here's my question. Why, why is it difficult for them to find corporate sponsorship? 
why why are they having more of a struggle in these, nobody can find in, it in, right in, now. This, in these days I would hope that the reason isn't going to be because it's a, a a black driver compared to a Tony Stewart or you know um, I'm sure is, what, is, is, what is, is, is it because they're, they're unsure I mean another driving sports besides NASCAR NASCAR it's just a small entity of, of racing, really. I mean, there's a lot of other racing uh, things that go on where I'm sure that there's a... Uh, well, but NASCAR is the 900-pound gorilla out there right now, and that's what everybody compares themselves to, all the other series. And and, and it, it, it just, it, it, it not only takes that passion, but it takes that money. Yeah. It's a young African-American driver who may have the skill and the talent to compete with these guys at that level... We have to have somebody who believes in him, that's passionate about racing, and they have the money to get it started. Because those that you mentioned, such as Richard Childress, you know, some of the Jeff Gordon's owner, Hendricks Motorsports, those people, they have the passion, they have the money. And when you have the money, you have connection to the money that's going to put you over. Because, you know, those guys aren't spending out of their pocket. The way you become successful is you use other people's money, your sponsors to get that way, but they initially had the money to push the thing forward. Well, one thing, one thing for sure that we have established tonight, Irvin. What's that? You have the passion. <laughs> yes, you do. And, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, man, you, you can't. I sincerely want to tell you how much we appreciate all of all of us appreciate you taking the time to be yeah. with us uh, this day to talk about this. We've talked about it before on this our shows over the years, the the diversity programs and whatnot, and and uh, the, the different cultural divides and all of that sort of thing. We've talked about it a little here and there, but I'll tell you, you've put um, uh, put a good spotlight on it. Keep on doing what you're doing, and. Uh, I'll be in touch with you again for sure. I have some information to pass along to you. And uh, thank you very much for being with us tonight, man. Well, we appreciate you allowing us to come uh, on your show, and uh, we will definitely listen. As a matter of fact, you had given me your links, and we had already checked you out and listened to a couple things, watched a couple of the carding uh, movies that you had on your site. Very interesting. We'll definitely keep in touch. All well, right, well thank you, Irvin, and thank you, Aaron, so much for joining us, and uh, have a great evening. Oh, just out of curiosity, um, how cold is it up there? In, uh... Right now, right now we have a heat wave, and it's about 20 degrees. <laughs> All right. Stay warm, guys. Stay warm, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we'll be right back with our uh, – Rob's going Rob's gonna to go down a different road here in a minute. He and Jerry Waller are going to talk to Sam the Man Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. 
Today we salute you, Mr. Dishonest Cable TV hooker-upper. Mr. Dishonest Cable TV hooker-upper. On any given day, somewhere between 9 and 4.30, you arrive ready to bring us the world. And for an extra 20, you'll bring us porn. Hey, you've already got the van and the jumpsuit. Why not get into criminal activity? Just a naughty boy. After all, what are they going to do? Throw you in cable jail? I don't think so. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light manhandler of the scrambler. Because isn't it about time someone hooked you up? Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Are you ready to win? If so, it's time to move up to five-star race car bodies. Five-star race car bodies designs and manufactures the highest quality race car body components. Short tracks, drag strips, road courses, and even in the desert, five-star has one driving passion, to help you win. Five-star race bodies designs and manufactures for NASCAR, Grand Am, NHRA, IHRA, SCCA, Short Track Asphalt, Short Track Dirt, USAC, USAR, Hooters Pro Cup, and the ASA Late Model Series. Find out more today, 5starbodies.com. Hi, I'm Tyler Ivey, driver of the number 47 car, and you're listening to Real Racing USA. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. Welcome back to Inside Florida Racing Jam and to uh, Pink Floyd there. Did you have a question before we get into the yes, karting team? I did. Thank yeah. you. For, All right, let's make it quick. That real quick question. Um, we're looking at the forum where people post questions to us during the show, and people want to know, are we going to talk about on the show tonight about the best of the best, the Karnak best I of the best? I will tell you. Rick and Bill, Rick Angies and Bill Green. are uh, taking the results. They have the uh, results from the best of the best voting in the tech shed. Mm-hmm. They have been going over them, and they have run into some issues. Uh-oh. There are some issues that they are addressing, and they assured me tonight. Have there been some illegal parts used? I'm not privy to the information. It's <laughs> Florida. It's, it's Florida. So it, we do it, have to it do is Florida. Recount. It is what it is. <laughs> they have... Hanging Chad. They, 
They have the stuff. They are going to be getting back to me. They promised me they would get back to me tomorrow. And because we, it's this Wednesday we do our I know. Our I understand. So we're either we're either going to make the announcement on on Real Racing USA Live or something. Maybe we'll put it on the message board, put an article out. I don't know. I'm waiting for those guys to get back. They said there were some, some issues, though, but does that suffice? That's can we move on now? We can move it on. It is time to go go-karting. Uh, Rob, why don't you introduce our guest, man? Well, I'm glad you guys are done with all that, whatever you're talking about. You know, it's like such a big issue. I don't know why you guys just don't throw it out there. You're scared. Who's anyway, scared? <laughs> oh, just hush and get the carton. Uh, here tonight for our carting segment, and uh, he's a guy that not only can talk about carting, but can also talk about racing of many different aspects. Sam Rodriguez, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing, doing real well. Welcome to Inside Florida Racing. Uh, I was late to the show, Sam. <laughs> What's that? I was late to the show. Yeah, he was scary. He was late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I want to thank you guys for having me and uh, and your segment on carding. I'm excited about it, and I'm glad to be here. Now, Sam, you know, uh, I want to tell the folks, I guess you need to... Kind of let the folks know who you are and uh, let us know how, how long you've been racing yourself. Well, uh, my wife and I uh, own Dirt Double Speedway. It's a go-kart racing facility in Land Lakes, Florida on Highway 52. Uh, I've been racing something pretty much uh, since I was uh, in my early 20s and uh, went from actually go-kart racing. Uh, my son... Uh, and I traveled uh, the U.S. road racing WKA stuff as well as sprint. Uh, we got into, uh, I got into sprint car racing uh, at a, probably at the age of about 36 and uh, raced sprint cars until I was almost 50. And uh, then I got my grandson Eric into it. And we've kind of been a racing family all along. And uh, that's, uh, that's what uh, enticed me into building uh, Dirt Devil Speedway. Uh, my wife and I had actually talked about it many years ago in the early days when I was karting, and uh, just something that happened uh, uh, as uh, we were getting out of sprint car race. Hey, Sam, uh, who got you started in racing? I know you got your grandson Eric started, but who, who's the one that influenced you to get into karting? Well, uh, myself in the karting, I, got, uh, I was influenced by a friend of mine actually had a little rental go-kart track on Waters Avenue and Sheldon Road, when the the road almost used to dit in there, right. we used to, we used to race over there for time, you know. And I remember that race back over there by Anderson Road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Palomino, the Palominos used to own that, right. and, and uh, we just used to race on for time because there wasn't enough room on the track really to to do any competitive racing. And then uh, a friend of mine, John Salgado, and I uh, got into uh, just racing. Uh, Locally, uh, IKF was the division uh, of choice back then, and uh, we did uh, some street racing. Uh, just with a gentleman by the name of Bob that that had uh, uh, a, a street race series going Bob on. Bob Thompson. Bob Thompson, exactly. Yeah, yeah I was a yeah. kid then. I was a kid then and raced in those things. Yeah, we ran a lot of street races all over the state of Florida. That was a lot of fun. Uh, then we got into IKF, started having a, a state series. And we, uh, we traveled to Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Jacksonville's got a very nice facility on 103rd Street. And, uh, that was all pavement stuff. Right. And, uh, from that point on, of course, my son was born, he got older, he started racing, uh, he started road racing, 
And uh, that's basically how all our carding deals started. Now, I definitely remember uh, when I was a kid racing, you were a great racer then. You know, I ran those Bob Thompson things around Lake Alfred or wherever we used to go and race. You know, Bobby would have these uh, road race things, you know, all over the place. And, uh, what about the dirt track? Uh, it was at 54 and uh, 41 right there. Did you ever race there? Yeah, I did. Uh, Gordon Black and, and, and some uh, of his buddies owned that place. And uh, uh, we uh, we used to go over there and race on on Sundays as well. Yeah, that was... That's uh, where I started. Yeah, that's where we started dirt racing. That yeah, was, go start. yeah, yeah, when I, I, I remember ago. Sunday afternoon there, uh, getting out of church and going and racing go karts. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we did. Uh, we spent a lot of Sunday afternoons over there. And uh, we had a good time there. Uh but, uh, you know, then uh, I don't know what happened. Those guys closed that thing down. And, uh, of course, uh, other tracks started popping up. Lakeland Trial opened up. And and um, there was another uh, one called Top Gun. And there were some other dirt tracks I really didn't know a whole lot about. Because that, during that time, I was actually racing my sprint car. So I really wasn't uh, that big into kart racing on dirt. Uh, one of my guys that was actually uh, uh, one of my pit guys, uh, started go kart racing or bought a go kart from Ronnie Dischamp, and uh, that's how uh, my grandson Eric actually got into go kart racing. Because we go on Wednesday nights to Lakeland Trioval, they used to have a practice, and uh, this uh, this guy Gary Brown had a uh, a go kart for sale there. And the first week we went, it was time to go, and I couldn't find my grandson. He's sitting in this go kart acting like he's driving. So I said, come on, man, we got to go because it's a school night, right? So uh, next week we went back again. He's back in that go-kart again. And then uh, I looked at him. I said, hey, man, can you drive that thing? And he said, oh, yeah, I can drive it. So that's where he got started in karting from that position for, for that point. And so now Eric Amarola being your grandson, um, he, is that what the – did, you, did he set his course on its own? Did, because, like he said, he sat down and he wanted to drive it, so he, he was uh, he always wanted to race. That's what he wanted to do. Well, you know, Eric was uh, with his mom and my wife, and, and you know, as a family, when I was sprint car racing, they'd always be in the stands. And of course, he had to stay in the stands because he was so little. You know, they didn't let kids in the pits back then. And uh, until he became old enough to go in the pits, he'd be in the grandstands. And so he's been. He was involved in racing, and, uh, I mean, since he was, you know, probably four or five years old. So how did it come about that that, um, that uh, Eric got into uh, into the racing, uh, into the, you know, Nextel? Um, how did that all work out? You know, people would want to know, and you're the guy that could tell us. Well, actually, it all, like I said, it started with go-kart racing. And, of course, I built Dirt Devil Speedway, and he ran there. Then he wanted to do state racing. He wanted to do some national racing, so we did that. And uh, we went to Charlotte, and they have an NKARA deal there every year where it's a combination of road race, uh, sprint carts on pavement, uh, sprint carts, uh, road course on pavement, and dirt. So uh, we spent a week up there. We only ran the dirt portion of it, but we spent a week up there doing that. And... Uh, so we come back from that, and uh, uh, he was doing pretty well in karting. And then uh, Doc Miller and, and, and some of his family were racing over at Dirt Devil, 
he got involved with Dave Fletcher. Uh, they built uh, a late model that Dave Fletcher was driving a Sunshine, and they built an open-wheel modified for uh, Doc Miller to drive uh, in between the late model stuff. And so uh, uh, Doc really wasn't you know, real interested in running the modified after he built it, and he was still racing at, at Dirt Devil with his go-kart. So he said, hey, uh, Sammy, he said, why don't we let Eric give Eric a shot to drive the, uh, the modified? He was 15 at that time. And uh, I said, sure, why not? So uh, we took him over to uh, to DeSoto, and uh, uh, after about two hours there, you know, he was running within a tenth or two of the track record on old Hoosier tires. And uh, so uh, Doc said, hey, look, if you guys want to race that thing, you know, go ahead and do it. I'll sponsor it, this and that. So we went ahead and, and uh, got into the modified uh, from that point, and... Uh, we uh, we had a bad outing our first race, which they had the icebreaker or whatever they call it over there, and uh, not knowing anything about or that much about that particular style car, uh, it had a uh, Gleason uh, rear end that's got like a limited slip on one side, and so he was out there racing, and it was uh, probably 10 laps into the race or something, and he was trying to pass on the outside, and uh, I guess the car got a little loose on him, and, buddy, I'll tell you what, when he let off the throttle and got on the brakes, he about knocked the wall down. <laughs> so uh, that pretty much wiped that car out. So uh, Doc had a brand-new chassis, and we put that car together. But then when that car was put together, he pretty much said, Hey, guys, look, I'm just going to give you this deal. It's all yours. I'm out of it. So uh, at that point, my wife and I had to take over, <laughs> and uh, we were the sponsors uh, of the Modified. And uh, he did well with the modified. He uh, he learned quick, and he's always learned quick. Actually, from the day he first sat in a go kart, uh, he's uh, he's had that natural ability. And so uh, we uh, we started running the Sarah series. Remember, Rick had that Sarah series, mm-hmm. the Southern Automobile Racing Association. Right. So we we did that, uh, and we used to go to Orlando for some Friday night stuff. And then uh, he actually won the Joplin Memorial at Orlando Speed World. And uh, we went there and tested the week of the race on a Wednesday and actually blew a good motor up. And so we had to put our backup motor up in there, which only had about 440 horsepower. And all I could hear the whole night going to the racetrack is how we were going to get spanked mm-hmm. because of the motor. And so I, said, I told him, I said, Eric, if you'll just drive the race car, I said, we'll get it to handle. I said, and we'll, we'll be fine. Well, we qualified sixth. The inverted sixth put us on the pole, and he would have lapped the entire field if a yellow wouldn't have come out on lap 35 of a 50-lap race. Hmm. And uh, so that's how we got into the modified deal. And then uh, uh, we started looking at late models a little bit, and this guy, uh, uh, John Josie, uh, had bought some stuff from uh, North Carolina and brought a whole trailer full of late model stuff down. And so he called me up, and we looked at it, and uh, then uh, we wound up, between his mom and, and my wife and I, we wound up buying him his first late model, and he gave up a new car at high school graduation for that late model. Hmm. Kept yeah. driving a, a little 626 junker that he had, you know, but he said he'd sacrifice the car for the late model. And uh, so, that, you know, we did that, and that was actually what we call a perimeter car which is similar to a, a cup car, 
but late model style. It's got a roll cage on both sides and, and door bars on both sides. Right. And and that car was a bit of a disadvantage uh, because of the right side weight, and it would uh, it it run pretty good, and it was pretty fast. But you get probably fifty sixty laps into the race, and it was a little rough on the outside tires, and the car would give up a little bit. With everybody else on on, on a uh, straight rail car, you were at a disadvantage. So uh, from that point, uh, Wayne Anderson. And uh, Dave Pletcher, which were two guys that had really helped Eric in his driving career uh, in terms of showing us in and out of uh, of that style race car. Because I come from sprint car background, and that's a whole new ball game. And uh, Dave Pletcher and, and Wayne Anderson really helped Eric out a lot, uh, and that was a, a big a big step forward for us to 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 make you know be competitive, you know, and be able to defend ourselves at the racetrack. And then, uh, so we bought a, uh, a straight rail car from Wayne Anderson. And uh, when I bought it, uh, it was a concrete guy's car or something from down south. And we ran it a couple of races, and I could never square the car up right. So after the season, we tore it all apart, and we took it to, uh, it was a Hamke car, and we took it to Mooresville, and uh, we had them uh, put it on the jig. Of course, we had to cut the snout off and put a new front clip on it and some other stuff, but we got it straightened out, and... After that, that's the last late model that, that he ran until he got involved with the diversity program with uh, Gibbs and Reggie White, which is how he got into the cup deal. Uh, and uh, he had to take that through the steps of uh, late model stocks uh, for about uh, two seasons, and then he got into the uh, uh, Nationwide Series, which that, then it was the Bush Series, and uh, a couple of trucks shops here and there, and then J.D. And, and Joe put a deal together with Spears to put him in the in the truck, uh, but the 75 truck that they put him in uh, was not as competitive as they hopefully oh, hoped that it would be, and uh, so uh, J.D. wasn't happy with, with the contributions, I would say, that the, the, the owners of the 75 team were making and his commitment to Eric. So uh, he didn't uh, extend his deal in that and pull him out of that, and then he had limited or selective uh, bush races the following year. And, uh, you know, at that point, uh, uh, he did pretty well with a Rockwell Automations car. He, he put it on the pole uh, a couple of times, actually two or three times at uh, in the Milwaukee Mile. Uh, and then, uh, of course, there was the, the deal with... Uh, that uh, they pulled him out of the car to put Hamlin in the car right. that night, and uh, but during that time already, that really had nothing to do with it. Uh, why he separated himself from Gibbs, uh, you know, the Toyota deal was in in the works already, and so Eric, being a sponsored Chevy driver, and he had to, uh, you know, he wasn't able to stay with the team. I know it's had to be some 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 hard times, you know, for Eric doing this, you know, because. Um, for him, I'm sure he's been, uh, you know, get hyped up, you know, for some of these times and then, and then not get to drive. Has it really been that way? Yeah, it has. It, it, you know, it's, it's tough. Uh, you know, that's a very tough industry. You know, people uh, think that these cup guys, that they see the limelight and they see all the stuff you see on TV, but the reality of it, it it's a tough, tough business. It really is tough. And uh, it's... Uh, 
it's competitive. You've got 43 seats out there, and you've probably got 60 people that want the seats and probably more that are qualified that just never had the shot. Well, Sam, it, 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 all, um, it, it all started with, uh, with Doc Miller, and I went and, and I, I've, I've, I still have my Doc Miller hat. I have it on right now, as a matter of fact. But, right? <laughs> but, but uh, you know, uh, tell us about how you think, uh, you know, one of the reasons that we're having this cart segment on, on Inside Florida Racing, which is almost, of course, exclusively stock cars and sprint car, short track racing here in Florida. Right. How... how um, Important, and what are some of the things that, you know, the transition from carts and, and to stock car racing, and how important is the karting program around Florida to the future of stock car racing in Florida, you think? Well, you know, karting is a very important uh, uh, part of anybody's racing career. Uh, the, the main thing that you pick out of karting is you've got to be very smooth, if you're, if you're running a hypothetical on dirt with a five horsepower Briggs engine, you know, you're only, uh, you're limited in terms of horsepower and torque. So the drive, it's key that the driver is smooth, obviously, that the cart is handling property and the tires are, are, uh, are properly prepared to match the racetrack, uh, during the time that you're on the surface. And, uh, the, the fundamentals that you pick up driving a go-kart will lead your way into driving a car and and teach you how to be smooth. There's no question that if you drive a sprint car, if you drive a late model or a modified or a mini stock or whatever else, it's, the driving technique will be different for that vehicle. But you'll pick up your basic skills of racing through karting. It, it teaches you how to race. Karting is probably the most competitive form of racing that 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 it that we know in terms of racing, except for possibly NASCAR, where you see these guys qualifying their hundreds apart. But that's the way go karting is. If you go to a go kart national state race, or you come to the New Year's shootout at that Dirt Devil Speedway this coming weekend on the 23rd and 24th, you're going to see lap times of a hypothetical uh, a 1220, a 1222, a 1223, and that's the separation between, you know, two, three, four, five, or 20 drivers. So it's a blink of an eye. Uh, if you measure it in distance on a racetrack, you're talking less than an inch. So, you know, that, that's how competitive the sport is. So consequently, the driver becomes a big part of, of how fast you're going to go, and driving skills are very important. Hey, Sam, this is Terry Wall. Um, have you ever done any asphalt kart racing at all? I have, yeah. We road raced and we sprint raced. And I, I'm a, I actually won a national championship in Quincy, Illinois, in a sprint go kart, and uh, I won a national championship in a road race kart. And my son Joseph had done the same thing. Let me straighten them out for you, Sam. That's a sit up go kart, which is a sprint kart, and then a road racing kart would be maybe an enduro where you're laying down. Yeah, road race is laying down, and sprint kart you sit up, right? Same yeah. as a, yeah. Sit up, go kart. Yep. Exactly there. Sam, we're talking to a lot of, uh, 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 you know, uh, stock car people. You know, that's what I've become as a stock car guy. But I just had a lot of roots in karting, and karting was very instrumental to uh, my racing. And, and over the years, all these people that you've talked about, you know, around here, I 
have raised around them, and um, I just think it's a real instrumental part, you know, and you've been a real instrumental part in having this uh, dirt double speedway that you've uh, built, which, uh, Jack, I want to tell you guys, CC, I'm sure you guys have never been there, it's an awesome dirt track facility. Okay, if you like East Bay Raceway, oh, I do. it's like the East Bay Raceway of karting, okay, because everything's there. They have an awesomely prepared racetrack, and I've raced on that racetrack before. Mm-hmm. Back um, two years ago when I was selling karting stuff, you know, we'd run carts out there just to, uh, you know, uh, try to sell them. And, uh, sure. It's a very interesting place. Sam, what, tell me about the, uh, the, what you're doing this weekend. Tell folks about it. Well, it's, uh, it, when we, uh, annually, we have what we call a New Year's shootout. Uh, it hasn't happened over the last couple of seasons because I had the track leased out. And, uh, but we, uh, Terry DeCare, Sandy DeCare, my wife and I took the track back over and we ran the, the 2008 season, uh, here at Dirto, which we just got done with our banquet. And annually, we've always had a New Year's shootout. During the month of January, we always ran a, uh, uh, an event that paid money in probably 18 different classes. And the, uh, the event is, uh, kind of a, uh, 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 a, a classic, I would call it, to Dirt Double Speedway that, that has always, uh, started the season out. And, uh, so we wanted to bring that back. Uh, last year we couldn't bring it back because we had just taken the track back and we just had to make so many repairs and, and do, uh, so many, uh, amenity repairs to the track that it just was impossible to get everything accomplished in the short period of time that we had. How many cars do you expecting? Well, uh, I don't, I can't, I wish I could give you a number. Uh, obviously, we're, we're suffering from the economy like anybody else. If, if we could hit uh, 200 uh, to 225 entries, I'd be real happy. Uh, but it, uh, you know, it, it, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. You know, anybody you know how it is, is those good carts, and you throw a little bit of money up there, those guys come from everywhere. <laughs> they do. There's actually some pretty big money events during the, uh, all over the country at, at different times. I mean, there's a guy in Georgia that just had a 10000 to win race. Obviously, he had a sponsor for that, you know. What but, kind of money uh, are you going to be paying? Uh, we've got, uh, on Friday night, we've got a, what we call stock heavy. Pay 700 to win. The uh, unrestricted... Uh, a junior at 500 to win, and then on Saturday, all of the classes pay uh, 500 to win, and we have what we call a box stock division that's just starting out. Uh, that uh, that has a little less entry fee, and it pays a couple of hundred bucks to win. So, what and, kind of entry uh, fee, Sam? To something that has 700 to win, what kind of entry fee you got? Uh, 75 bucks. 75 bucks. Yep. Sam, if they wanted to get a hold of you and find more information out about uh, this weekend and what you do in karting, what phone number can you give out on the air to, uh, so people can call you? Uh, they can call 813-996-0014. Okay. That's the, that's the track phone number. There's an answering machine. If they'll leave their name and number they want information, we check it frequently. And we will be happy to call them back, or they can go to our website at www.dirtdevils.com. Well, Sam, thanks so much for uh, joining us for the karting portion of Inside Florida Racing, and we appreciate that. And uh, 
Rob, uh, you can't see Jack here making this. Time to take oh, a break no, I signal. A red light going there, kicking us off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being blinded by the red light, so uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to move thanks on. Thanks a lot, Sam. Sam. Thank so you very much. much. Hey, what's the date, Sam? Right, what's that? What was the date? The, the date is the 23rd and 24th of uh, January. Okay. And I, I'll up. be getting in touch with you. One of those days. Yeah, I'm going to be getting in touch with you about that too, Sam. Uh, we'll right. we'll call you here t- either tomorrow or the next day. And uh, That'll be great. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks for your time, Sam. Have a good night. Now, um, be- before we go to break, let's cover the uh, car- carding news and announcements. Um, this past weekend, Charlotte County Motorsports Park ran both a Briggs Four Cycle Grand Prix um, a pro drafting cart. Pro drafting, a road course through the infield. And uh, see here, J.D. Corden of Fort Myers won the champ cart race, and Mike Burns from Port Charlotte won the Briggs Grand Prix race, so congratulations to them. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, their karting is probably getting better and better as the weeks go on. Sure, absolutely. And then the uh, Florida Karting Association uh, opens their 2009 season in Jasper, Florida, coming up February 7th. At the Crossroads Motorplex, this is a one-fifth mile dirt oval and is one of the premier karting facilities in the south. The FKA will be running a six-race series this year, and their website for more information is www.fkadirtseries.com. That's fkadirtseries.com. And the North Florida Car Club will hold a special race event on March 27th and 28th to benefit Spina Bifida. At the road course in Jacksonville, Florida, 103rd Street Complex. Let me tell you, that's the baddest place to go watch a go-kart race on the asphalt you'll ever see. Uh, for more information about that, you can visit the website at nfkc.us. And we'll be right back inside Florida Racing. Florida Karting is brought to you by the Soda Champ Kart Series. Check them out at a track near you. This is Real Racing USA. Roger Krause, driver of number 32 late model, and you're listening to Inside Florida Racing.
we're back inside Florida Racing. It's a, a Creedence Clearwater Revival Night here on Inside Florida Racing. We are having so much fun. Figure eights. Figure eights coming up. I can't wait. Uh, Auburndale Speedway, February 12th through the 15th. This is going to be a real exciting time. Rip your hair out, CC. What? Rip your hair out. Oh, I can't wait. I'm just glad I don't know personally any of the drivers because I've heard that's one of the hardest things when you when you know one of the drivers to watch them race like this. But uh, And on the phone with us, Rob, we have one of the guys that are going to be driving, competing in the Figure 8 Florida Championship, Eddie Van Meter. Eddie, welcome to Inside Florida Racing. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, it's great to have, have you on here. Now, yeah, last time you were in Florida that I remember, you were racing in late models, super late models, at Lakeland. Yeah, we uh, we ran down there quite a bit in different series. But uh, I tell you, to be able to come down there and run the figure eight with the real figure eight tour, is, uh, it's going to be a blast and be a lot of fun. Well, it certainly looks and sounds very exciting. Um, so you're a late model driver who you like to do the figure eights just to uh, add a little excitement in your life? There's not enough excitement with the late models? <laughs> well, um, I grew up figure eight racing at the Indianapolis Speed Room. And, uh, you know, it's always been a passion of mine. Uh, and, uh, you know, we did do some late model racing, and we still do some. Uh, but uh, I tell you, there's nothing like figure eight racing. Uh, we've done all kinds. Uh, racing all over the world, and and uh, figure eight racing is just the best racing out there. Yeah, DC. Now listen, uh, these these figure eight cars, man. I'm telling you, this ain't nothing like no figure eights like you've ever seen. These are going to be cars that are like modified, okay, mm-hmm. uh, to run a figure eight. There's going to be a ton of them. They don't have now. One thing, uh, Eddie, that you got. Have you ever been to uh, Auburndale Speedway? Uh, I don't believe I've ever ran there um, it, with the uh, oval or the eight, uh, but uh, seen pictures of it uh, and did some homework on it, and uh, really looking forward to coming down there and running. Yeah, because I know that you guys um, up north, you know, you get a chance to run on these tracks that are wide open in the center, so you can cross the X at various places. You know, off border tracks, most of them you got to cross the X dead center. That can be uh, a different issue, right? Well, uh, yeah, um, but, you know, up here uh, in Indiana here, that's, you know, figure eight racing is pretty uh, popular, and, uh, you know, we love to do it. And uh, I know there's several guys looking forward to coming down there, and uh, we're going to put on a heck of a show. No, no, Ed, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Terry. This is Terry Wall, Eddie. Aren't you the one that runs with the skull and crossbones? Uh, (laughs) No, that's not me. Oh, okay. Uh, and the other question I had real quick, do you have a passenger seat so Cece can ride with you? <laughs> there is definitely room if she uh, wants to sit in there. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to have to think about that. See, they've got really good brakes. They can a dive. Now, now, Eddie, what I'm wondering is during the race, how fast do you guys get up? What kind of speed are you running? Well, uh, there again, it depends on where we're at. Um, at the Indianapolis Speed Room, uh, we play, uh maybe 70 mile an hour at the end of the straightaway. Um, Auburndale, I think we're going to be a little faster than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll probably be upwards around uh, 80 to 85 at the end. Uh, 
you know, so when, you know, if you hit in the middle, it's, you know, you got two cars running 80 mile an hour. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Now that, that is really the, the danger point is right there with the danger of T-boning, right? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's the dangerous point, but, uh, you know, all the drivers, you know, the ideal is to get through there without getting hit or without hitting anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, uh, we all know who you can race with, and, you know, you you learn, you know, even just a short period of practice, you learn, uh, you know, who you can race with and who will give you breaks and uh, who won't. But see, at the tour, they want to go to a few different states. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, I was just thinking, I mean, you, if you remember, Rob, back when I first started doing Inside Florida Racing with you and Jack, you guys showed me video of professional figure eight racing, and you were like, look at that, look at that, look at, you know, you know how close they are, you know, they, they come so close, and you told me about, you know, how bad an accident can be if the timing isn't right. Oh, yeah, and, and, uh, and you know, the fans want to see it, and, and uh, they know this, you know, uh, and he'll tell you they, you know they they may they may be a good wreck. They may already have that in the works. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But when 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 the how good a show they're going to want to put on. But when the race car, hey Rob, when the race car is built specifically for this type of racing, doing these figure eights, they have special reinforcement in the doors compared to like when you know a thunder truck driver or a Fab Four driver just decides to compete in a figure eight race, say at Charlotte County Motorsports Park. Right? These cars are really built for extra safety. Absolutely, Eddie. How much do your cars weigh? They're real light, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're usually in the area of twenty three hundred pounds. Uh, you know, twenty two, twenty three hundred pounds. But uh, you know, they are built uh, pretty safe. You know, the driver sits in the middle, so. If you do get hit, you know, the car that hits you has, uh, you know, probably 24 to 36 inches before he ever gets to the driver. Uh, so they are very safe. Uh, we've taken some pretty hard hits and, and uh, walked away. So, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got a lot of confidence in our car builder. And, uh, you know, so. Uh, How many do you think are going to be coming? Um, I look for. Uh, you know, maybe ten or twelve from up around this area. Yeah, I, I heard they were looking at probably a total of like thirty-four or thirty-six um, yeah. to be racing, yeah. and I just think that's going to be a phenomenal. This is going to be a great family night of racing out there at the track each one of these nights. Yeah, uh, Eddie, I talked to Joel today, and uh, he was uh, giving me a little bit of the rundown. I mean, we got guys coming from five or six states: uh, Kentucky, New York, uh, of course, Indy, and uh, I don't have all my notes. At least in front what four of me. or five Florida boys? Are yeah. Gonna be well, there? there's going to be some More? Florida guys, and next week on this show, uh, other than our karting segment, we're going. To, we're just going to have figure eight guys from all over the country oh, on cool. just a figure eight night. One of the Calkins is going to be done. Oh yeah, Calkins, uh, Russo from down here, uh, Cliff, and Joey Catarelli, and uh, I asked him specifically about Rockin' Rodney Davis, the maniac from uh, Polk County, and, and uh, he. Uh, uh, from our understanding, and we're going to find this out for sure in the next few days, but from our understanding, Rock and Rodney um, uh, will be uh, in the show. And, of course, um, I'm sure uh, it, maybe he and Eddie will have some, some, uh, some meets uh, along now, the way. Now, now, it's interesting. You refer to him as a maniac. So does that mean that to do this type of racing, you have to be just a little bit on the crazy side to, <laughs> yeah. to you want to put yourself through? What do you say, Eddie? What's the deal? Well, Tell us the truth, man. 
Well, I, I think if you're going to be in racing, you got to be a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to be a figure eight, you just done lost it. <laughs> well, there's a world-famous guy that does the figure eight racing. It, it seems like when you're watching at CC that you're looking at a lot of reckless abandon. Yeah. What's going on out there is these guys are, are, are racing and really paying attention to every move that they're making. And uh, I've talked about it before, you know, that Red Van... Uh, it's real instrumental in me racing cars when I first started racing street stocks. And he used to run my car in figure eights, and I'd run in nobles. And I used to really watch the races really well. And um, there's an art form to being able to run figure eights well. And uh, Ron Davis was definitely a very good racer. Art Calkins, he was a very good racer at it. You know, Red, he was really, really good at it. Um, there were guys that weren't so good at it, and those guys tend to have cars speed up a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I believe that uh, figure eight racing, if a lot more guys would do it, uh, it would make you a lot better racer because you have to be on your toes at all times. You never get a break. Uh, to where in the oval, you know, you run down a straightaway, and sometimes if they're longer straightaways, like Lakeland, you know, you get kind of break. Uh, but in figure eight racing, there is no brakes. Uh, you, you know, when you're in the corner, you're already looking at the corner at the other end of the racetrack. Hey, Eddie, uh, no more Lakeland anymore either. Uh, hey, uh, Eddie, uh, this is, uh, th- this unfortunately right here is, uh, what we have to say about Lakeland. Uh, just hang on just a second here. <laughs> It's gone away, man. Actually, hey, Rob, I, Tony Soprano bought the track and, built, and tore it down. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> the, with the, the track's further with the fishes. That's right. <laughs> hey, Eddie, uh, Florida's famous for their uh, school bus figure eight racing. Have you drove anything else other than a race car? In a figure eight race? Uh, no, I have a I have a pretty hard time with just a little race car. Um, I'm sure I would tear up a lot of stuff in a school bus. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they let you drive one at one of the open tracks, man. I don't think they care too much. So, so on uh, February what is it the twelfth? That's when you hit uh, hit the track for the first time. Get down there and get some practice laps in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the 12th is uh, open practice, and we race the uh, 13th, 14th, and 15th. Yeah, of course, we're going to be broadcasting, uh, Real Racing USA is going to be broadcasting Sunday, the final day. We're going to be broadcasting that live across the Internet. And, uh, of course, we'll have people there uh, um, covering the race with photography and articles and all that sort of stuff, covering every move you guys make for the whole weekend. It should be a blast. Hey, Eddie, I'm going to ask you a question uh how long does it take you to cool down for an interview after you get smashed in the middle? <laughs> well, I, I, I still work on that. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it depends a lot on uh, where you was running uh, and how you got smashed. Uh, you know, obviously in figure eight racing, we're taking chances, uh, and we know that going into it. But, you know, if you're leading and the guy's two or three laps down and he uh, hits you, you know, it's a little harder to cool down than 
you know, if you're running last and you hit somebody, you know, so, uh, you know, it's like any racing, uh, you know, if we don't want to be tore up, then we need to stay at the house. <laughs> well, that's a good attitude to have. Oh, yeah, you need to tell a few late model drivers in Florida that. Yeah, well, you know, now, I'm not saying I'm going to act that way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do look forward to coming down there, and I'm sure, uh, I'm hoping the, uh, the uh, Skiles Country Auto Parts 23 car will be up front uh, about every night, I hope. All right, man. We look forward to seeing you. We'll, uh, thanks for spending some time with us here on Inside Florida Racing, and uh, we will certainly catch your act at Auburndale Speedway. Okay. Hey, Daddy. Looking forward to being down there. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you for your time. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank yeah, Rob, that's going to be a... It's going to be a pretty wild deal, man. And now, next week we're going to have uh, all these guys on. We'll have some of the guys from around the country. Uh, and uh, other than the karting segment, I think we're just doing figure eight racing. I'm going to interview that guy you said the maniac. Going on. We're we're looking for him. We're, oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. What was that? What was that, uh, Rob? I'm hoping we can get some trash talking going on. Yeah, get a hold of Ron Davis. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know these guys are. Here's the deal, man. These guys are coming from from. Uh, like I said, Kentucky and uh, Pennsylvania. Indiana. There's some Michigan, Indiana, of course, and uh, and then the Florida guys. And it's a north-south kind of deal. And you know, uh, every time, other time, you know this, Rob. You know it real good. Every time you put north versus south, and it always seems to have those races. We have those races in Florida. No, nobody else has is north versus south except Florida. It seems, but anytime you put north versus south down. Uh, you know, there just seems to be something that uh, it gets a little wound up. You know? That's how war gets started, Jack. Huh? That's how war gets started. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know that 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 could be true, Rob. You might have something there, but I'll tell you. You know, you get these guys. Uh, you know. In Florida, fired up. I mean, and they're used to Auburndale Speedway. They certainly, no matter what kind of experience or whatever kind of stuff these guys from up north bring down to Auburndale Speedway, these guys from Florida aren't going to want to take it lightly. Yeah, and I think you missed my question. I asked them about where they cross the X, you know, because uh, our tracks in Florida have a narrow place to cross the X. That's true. Uh, you know, some of those guys used to racing up north are used to going across a wider area, which makes it so they can shoot ahead or shoot behind. So it's going to definitely make it. I think the South is going to have a definite advantage. A guy like Ron Davis or a guy like some of these other guys uh, talking to their front down here before at all these tracks. Sure. They we'll, definitely have it. We'll get into that a lot next week here on Inside Florida Racing. Let's go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to uh, – we still want to talk to Drew Brandon here for a few minutes. And then uh, we're going to go over what happened at Henry County um, yesterday and uh, the changes coming to that place, uh, you're not going to believe it. Saturday night, August the 16th, at Charlotte County Motorsports Park, the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series.
Series invades the blacktop. The dirt late models come in to Charlotte County Motorsports Park. $3,000 to win. Central Sheds and Trailers presents the biggest motorsports event of the summer as the dirt late models hit the pavement of Charlotte County Motorsports Park. Race fans, you do not want to miss this one with pride and big bucks on the line. Saturday night, August the 16th, live at Charlotte County Motorsports Park, the battle on the blacktop. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. And we're back inside Florida Racing as the show is uh, moving on. The show's been flying by. It's hard to believe it. It's and there is no race at Charlotte County on dirt this week. Uh, no, that was the wrong no. commercial. That was us just reliving a very uh, fond memory for <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great war. night, man. That was the the most uh, the most stand, fans in the stands there that track has seen Mr. in a long time. Drew too. Brannon. Now, yes, Drew, welcome to Inside Florida Racing. Thank you Stop for having me. Nothing much. Oh, yeah, there's something good. There's something much. Would you hook up with uh, uh, who? Who'd you hook up with, dude? Uh, Butch Miller at <laughs> SS Greenlight Racing for 2009. Nothing much going on. I just hooked up with uh, three-time... ASA champion uh, Butch Miller, holy cow! Are you so what's kidding? What's Butch up to? What's that? What's Butch up to? Nothing much. Butch and I, we ran a couple races here in the past couple months. Um, we ran the Snowflake. We qualified fifth, and we're running second. And our pitch strategy didn't quite play out. But um, and then we ran a race in Punta Gorda, I think two weekends ago, and we were passing Joe for the lead, and um, an alternator broke actually. And, Fell out of that race, but um, uh, Butch and I have been working together for a couple months now and getting used to working with each other, and I really feel good about this 2009 season. Now, there's a guy that has a a, a lot of racing experience behind him. Um, you've been kind of soaking all that in as much as you can. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, just the knowledge that comes out of him and the ideas that he has just makes my life as a driver a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, he could probably watch you drive in the car, and he could probably know what the car's doing before you even tell him, huh? Yeah, pretty much. He's uh, he's he knows this stuff, and it, and um, I love working with him, and it's going to make my life a lot easier. And I really think we can win a lot of races this year, and I hope I get one of those rings from ASA this year. Hey, Drew, it's Terry Wall. Um, I uh, I'm the one that actually got those rings for ASA, but. Uh, did, did you go to Butch, with Butch uh, to the test at Rockingham? No, I, I was in, I was not able to do that. I had uh, midterms, finals all that week, but I was I was hoping so. But you know, I got to get my schoolwork done to keep racing. Well, that's a parent's rule, right? Uh, yeah, but you know, it's only for my benefit. All right. How old are you, Drew? Uh, Sixteen. Sixteen. Uh, and how'd you get hooked up with uh, Greenlight Racing and Butch Miller? Uh, I really have to thank uh, Donna, Butch's wife, because at Concord, after I won an I-70, she uh, sat up in the stands and she said that she didn't really watch Butch the whole time. She watched me, and from there on, uh, I guess Butch and Donna have been following me, and we got a phone call not too long ago, and we've just been setting it up from there. Yeah. 
That's cool. He, he, he's a guy who definitely is always looking for talent, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, we, we've had him on our show several times. Uh, Terry and I have had one uh, last, last uh, two years ago, I think we Thanksgiving or something, mm-hmm. right around Thanksgiving, we had an, almost an hour interview with Butch. It was fascinating. Yeah, Butch uh, knows talent. Uh, is Sean helping you out, Sean Murphy? Um, I really don't know what's going on with Sean and the rest of the drivers at this point, but um, I'm hoping to go up to North Carolina here in the next couple of weeks, get fitted for all the cars, and get our 2009 cars and season on the way so I can get the scoop of everything else. And you'll be uh, you'll be in making your Florida debut at uh, the ASA opener in, uh, what, March? March 14th. March 14th, yeah, Butch and uh, I will be there. I, I really, I feel really good about this race, this race season. I really think Butch and I can definitely capitalize on the South Series and um, do fairly decent in the Challenge Series. And um, I'm hoping we can run in the top three for both of them. It's a huge opportunity, that's for sure. Yes, it is. And uh, luckily, I get to do some testing with the trucks, and um, I get to go to all the truck races with them on on all of our off weekend. Wow, man. I don't know uh, what you've got to look forward to after all that. <laughs> well, I don't know. We're, we have plans of going to uh, the Daytona race with them when I'm in Speed Week, so... I'll be running Speed Week. I, I got Lanier left with my dad, my dad and my team, and I have Speed Week left with my dad and my team with Mike Thomas as a crew chief. But um, you know, my teams run pretty good. We, you know, we got our win in I seventy, and we've been running all of my cars with Butch and Mike and Butch have really been working good together. And I, I hope that Mike and uh, Butch can work together with my two thousand nine season and Mike going up to North Carolina with me. Well, it sounds exciting. It sounds like you got a full year ahead of you. And, uh, I'm sure uh, years to come after that. At 16 years old, you've got a, you know, it sounds like a good head on your shoulders. You know, you're wanting to stay in school and take care of that. That's a good thing. And uh, There's no doubt over the last several years, there's no doubt over the last several years that, uh, Drew, you've been one of the, the top uh, new young talents coming in Florida. I mean, you've had you've had a lot of success uh, at an early age and. uh um, you know, is it, how do you look at, you know, let's go backwards just for a minute. When you started this and you got in your first late model deal, because you didn't monkey around a whole lot with, with other classes, when you first got into those late models, you know, what are some of the biggest things that have changed in the last couple of years are you racing this deal? For a driver, patience. <laughs> if you ask anybody I raced against a couple of years ago, they'll tell you I didn't have much patience and. Patience and feedback to my team, that's what I've learned the most out of running in Florida and with the late models and stuff, that the amount of input that you give back to your team is only going to benefit you in the race. And being patient is only going to put you there at the end of the race and not get knocked out early. That's right. Racing in Florida will definitely teach you that. Oh, yeah, running with Winchell and uh, Franklin and all of them, it's it's a good experience and it's going to help you out later on. Yeah, those are two guys that's got a lot of short track experience that when you can go out on the track and you can beat Winchell and you can beat Franklin in the same race and pass them and beat them or even hold them off of you the whole time, that's definitely fast. Regardless of what kind of car you got. Exactly. Right? Right, Rob? I've never been able to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I love coming out of Florida. I mean, it's a little little hard on my parents because of how far we have to drive for everything. 
but just being with this, some of the tracks that we have, it's, you know, benefited me. And some of the series that I've run with, you know, Bobby D on the fast truck, I'd be nowhere without him and with the fast car late models. But um, I think now it's about time for me to move out of Florida a little bit and go run some north races. Well, especially with somebody like Butch Miller behind you having new cars to go get seated in and everything. I mean, that's everybody's dream. So you need to take it as far as you can and work 110% at it and uh, make us all proud of you. I'd love to represent Florida. All right. Well, good deal, man. Good good luck this year, and uh, we will catch you at, at uh, the ASA late model uh, Southern Division opener uh, in March, March 14th, Charlotte County Motorsports Park. It's going to be exciting. Cool. Thank you guys for having me. I just got to really thank my parents and um, my my family, my brothers, for going through all this with me. I know they have to make sacrifices, too, for me to do this. And all the guys, Mikey and uh, Thomas at the shop, that uh, make sacrifices for for keeping my organization running and all the hours that are yet to come. All right, Drew Brannon from Miami, Florida, heading to uh, somewhere hmm, somewhere Somebody good. Out of the swamp. Somewhere good, man. Keep on going. We'll talk to you soon, Drew. And that website is Drew Brannon Racing. Uh, it's just uh, DrewBrannon.com. Just DrewBrannon.com. DrewBrannon.com. And talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye, Drew. Right. Hey, Jack. Um, I guess talking about ASA, I guess there was a resolve in the the legal battle with ASA oh, and the names and the logos, yeah. wasn't there? Yes, there was. As a matter of fact, we we ran that story on Real Racing USA last week. Ron Varney and Dennis Hoof. <laughs> what do you I mean, think? after all Terry this time, and I, Terry and I are a little bit. They've, they've worked things out, which is nice. Terry yeah. and I can, can, can't. We can't really get into that too much because if we do, we'll be here all night. Because I'm uh, still confused. Huh? I'm still confused. Who gets what? Uh, the ASA Late Model Series in Michigan gets a new logo, and that's it. That's really the bottom line. Hey, I thought we were going to have some news about the Soto Speedway. Hey, 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 hey! Old oh, Desoto Speedway. Well, I don't know. The, I, I think that uh, the boys uh, who are running the show down at Charlotte need to get maybe some of their staff under control because they got staff members running around saying that Bobby Deals just spent three million dollars on Desoto Speedway. So if it's if it's true, if it was it was going to be called CCMB MPD. Yeah, right. I'll tell you what. We'll be right back with Bill Green, and we're going to talk about Henry County Motorsports Park and something we know what is really going on.
Okay. It's okay. time. It's time. It's time. Just cut, right. that, cut that music right off. Cut it, and let's go straight to okay. exciting happenings at the new Hendry County Speedway. They oh, had the, op- it's the opening, the grand open, well, the open house yesterday. They built a house there? No, they had an open house. Welcome, Bill Green, to Inside Florida Racing. Bill Green, welcome to Inside Florida Racing. What's left of me? Hey, hey Bill. Cece, you got to get it right now. Things change. you got to keep up. It's yep. New Henry County Motorsports Park. New Henry County Henry Motorsports County Park. No, it's not new. It's not new. HCMP, no, he's going to add go-karts on Fridays when he can, and he's going to get bandoleros and some other things going on. But uh, he's talking about the... Uh, he's talked about long range, maybe two years down the road, getting a, some way to uh, bring in motorcycles and some other things. So hopefully he'll be able to do some of that. But we've already there's already been a, a uh, uh, parking, which has been an issue there, and it's one of the things when people go there they mm-hmm. ask about the what the what's with the parking. The parking situation uh, has already been uh, improved, right, Bill? Yep. Yeah, he's going to. Uh, he got permission from the people who own the five acres next door as you come down the dirt road to be able to, if he will clear it out, he can use it. Which is, oh, that's excellent. And, and, it's, and it's quite cleared out already. It's already yeah. underway to get that done. And, yeah, and he, he got a lot of it done because he got some folks that wanted some of the older, they had a bunch of old mobile home shells, I guess, in there and stuff that are aluminum and so forth, and some of the axles and stuff were still halfway decent. So some people agreed to take it out for free and help him clear it out. So that's been uh, happening already as far as I know. And a lot of other things back that junkyard crap that used to be behind the Turn three area is now all cleared out. It's really nice looking. Oh, good. So, so things are still cleaning up. He's got a lot of work to do. He knows that. And of course, the biggest one being that he's got to uh, clear a big hurdle with the uh, county over the uh, sewage system and well, how it is. It's an older system. It's not been grandfathered in. Now this time that they sold, or it's got upgraded. Or it's done. Can't do it. You can only do four. Uh, special events a year with Porta Johns under the uh, existing county code, and he wants so, and, and he wants a he wants a first class establishment, a first class facility there, and he's going to you know take the time to do it right. And some of these things, you know, it's like he says he's not going to open his place till it's ready. And uh, um, you know, anybody that's been around Ken Kenny knows that when he's going to do something, he pays attention to details and and he does things. Uh, Properly, he's working with the government officials, and, and, and uh, of course, being a businessman in that area, in that county, and everybody there knows him, um, you know, and he knows how the government works and how to get all this stuff done through them, and, and it seems to be moving along pretty good, right, Bill? Yes, yes, he's keeping up with it. He's uh, started to get some of those folks on his side to understanding that they really don't want to let the place go away altogether and uh, so forth. He can help them, and they can help him. Uh, he can use some of their clay they have, hopefully, that they've got to get rid of some areas that they've got uh, access to, and the county can help him by giving him the time. He just needs extra time sometimes to take care of some of these things they want him to take care of instead of putting his feet to the fire and telling him he's got to do it by XYZ date. So uh, things like that are starting to happen for him. Um, he's looking forward to taking care of it. But the first thing that has to happen before he does any other improvements is he has to make sure that he can effectively and uh, within reasonable means be able to fix that sewage system and get things up to code. So once he does that, everything else falls into place, and he can do a lot of things out there, and he's got a lot of ideas and great people working for him that are bringing on board some great ideas to help improve the, the uh, entire situation. Grandstands, you'll see them get raised up higher, uh, all kinds of things that he was talking about that'll take uh, you know a piece of the time. The one thing I want to let people know of, 
is that just like Jack said, he will not open it. He's made that very clear. He will not open it until it's ready. He's not going to open it haphazardly. And like some people have in the past, even when they weren't ready, didn't have enough personnel or whatever. Ken Kenny will wait until he has it ready. And I'm hoping, uh, you know, that it is March 7th, that they can get through those hurdles of the codes and so forth quickly enough to make it happen. But if it's not, don't lose faith because we'll yeah. be advised what's going on. Yeah. We'll keep up with it. But uh, more it could be. But, but more. he was doing things yesterday, Jack, like he was talking to the fire crews about new equipment for them. Uh, all kinds of things were happening in that open house yesterday. A lot of people showed up. I imagine about 100, maybe 150, um, talking about different classes. They went over rules with all the uh, folks who were involved. And uh, all kinds of things were happening. Yep. As a matter of fact, uh, the reason that Bill Green is on here talking with us about this is that Bill Green is one of the uh, the uh, pieces of the puzzle that, that uh, Ken is putting together. Bill is going to be handling the uh, announcing and uh, racing media in terms of the race reports and getting uh, working with uh, local media to get the media coverage for uh, the events there after they happen in terms of, uh, you know, who the, racers, who the racers are and... Bill, that's Bill's deal, and of course, uh, excuse me. Uh, no, no, no. I, I timed it out yesterday, and either yeah. way, if I, I went down the interstate and went across the uh, what is it, Palm, <laughs> Palm Beach Boulevard, and it took me exactly two hours that way, and coming back the other way up 27 and across through Mayaca and uh, Arcadia took me exactly two hours and ten minutes. So. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Tommy Kelly, of course, is uh, going to be the uh, head of the the whole tech thing, and. Uh, you know, Tommy's just a really jovable, likable guy that talks to everybody and gets along good with everybody and makes jokes and just is real friendly and sits back with his feet kicked up. And if you believe that, um, I've got a couple of bridges to sell you. But uh, Tommy Kelly is the no-nonsense tech director and uh, talking even more no-nonsense on race day. One of the, You know, I, I really got to, to know uh, Billy Osborne this year and, and working with Billy on some real racing USA and through the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series and some other things. And Billy is a real fun guy to be around during the week and, and um, things like that. But when it comes to race day, this guy, whew, he is stone cold, and he is the tech direct or the uh, race director. And uh, he's uh, uh, brought Lenny Schmidt along, who's uh, he's known for a long, long time to be his assistant. Um, they addressed. Uh, uh, and talked with uh, all the racers who came, and they came from from not just from like that local area. Amazingly, there was people coming from from uh, quite a ways away to uh, get tuned into what was going on there. Um, yeah, they, Billy, Billy's going to come from probably twice as far away as I. Absolutely, think. and uh, but they talked with the, the racers and then broke the racers up in uh, division by division and, and going over some of the things and the changes that are going to happen there. Because, as Ken said at one point in the meeting yesterday that um, uh, this place is going to be taken to a level that it has never seen before. And uh, the part of that puzzle is putting together the right staff. He, uh, what do you think, uh, Linda Jerrica, who used to be the general manager? I think that's great. Is now the, uh, at Charlotte County, is now the uh, head scorer, and she'll have other duties there working directly with uh, Billy Osborne as race director. <laughs> That's an amazing little story in itself, because I, I know some of the background on that. He had tried to get a hold of Linda before and had missed her at the track, and then he left out messages through Jack and myself and other people to try to get her to get in touch with him. They talked on Saturday morning at about 8.30 in the morning and yeah. finalized the fact that she would come and he would really like to have her on board because he wanted the best people in the, in the, in the neighborhood that were available to be able to do 
what he needed them to do. And uh, that was one of the things that, you know, intrigued me because it was going to be a drive and a half. But uh, he, he really wanted he, he gave me complete latitude uh, with what I do for announcing and public relations and stuff to, to do what I thought needed to be done the best and the, the most important things to work on to make it the best and the best entertainment for the buck for the folks who come and sit down in the stands. And so that is what really kind of hooked me and said, you know, come on down. What's it going to take? And I threw out some numbers, and he didn't flinch, so that was good. And uh, so, so he's going to take care of me. I'm going to take care of him, and I'm going to take care of new, the uh, Henry County Motorsports Park as best I can uh, for as long as he'll let me hang around and have some fun because I sure miss being able to call the races on a weekly basis, let me tell you. Yeah, and uh, Terry Wall, one of the reasons that Terry Wall has been hanging around our studio the last few weeks is uh, he was lured all the way from Toronto, Canada. Hey. To come back okay. to, to come back to the United States specifically, Terry's worked with uh, Carnac and Real Racing USA off and on. We worked together for over twelve years, and he has a business wall and associates motorsports marketing. And uh, he was lured down here to uh, take over the marketing and sales for Henry County Motorsports Park. And because uh, the one thing Terry understands is yes, he doesn't understand no, and. Uh, so that's uh, what do you think, Terry? What are you excited about that deal or what? I'm totally excited about the deal. I, in fact, I was late to the show today, picking up money from somebody buying a sign, and uh, uh, it's went real well with the local community and the local businesses. They, they're very excited about the track being open and being open on a regular basis and an upscale basis. Also, uh, I've had. Uh, 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 in fact, I got two appointments tomorrow. People wanting signs, and uh, yeah, there's hey, a lot of. There's hey, a lot of. Hey, hey, before we run out totally out of time, I want to make sure that you tell them about the premier awesome weekend that really was in the works that probably may not happen, but hopefully it still may. Right. For that March seven weekend. Well, well, if it doesn't happen then, and it quite likely won't because of circumstances. You can give us an idea. What what are we going to see when this place opens? It'll be a three-day weekend, and we'll have the local um, drivers on Friday night, the three divisions. I think it's three now, right, Jack, or three or four? Oh, I'm uh, not sure exactly. Yet. And then on Saturday night, we're going to have the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Then Sunday, CC, you'd be interested in this, uh, we're going to have uh, John Anderson. Uh, on a Sunday he, in concert. He is such a sweetheart. I've worked with him before. Mm-hmm. He is a wonderful and man. That was going to be helped, helped by the Indian Gaming Right, the Seminole Casino. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the proper name, but, uh, yeah, they're going to help us out with that. Seminole, Seminole Indian Gaming Casino, and it is only seven miles and about eight minutes from the track. Well, Well, stay away from there, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill. And I just wanted to let people know if they want a sign to put up at Henry County Motorsports Park, give me a call at 863-675-8888. And uh, season passes are also given out when you buy a sign for, uh, for the racetrack. And speaking of that, one thing I know for sure, and I, I'm not, it's not official, I don't say that, but I know for sure that the ticket prices are going to be affordable, family price. They're going to be right. in the ten to twelve dollar range for high, high quality, top shelf dirt entertainment. No doubt about it. Right. Awesome. 
We're gonna have we're gonna have some good stuff going on. We'll do the best we can. We'll we'll give you a, a good bang for the buck, I'm sure. And a lot of folks hopefully will come down at least once, give us a try, and find out that they uh, kind of like us, and, and uh, find out that also we're not going to be impossible to work with. We want to listen to people. We want to get feedback. We want fans and drivers and uh, you know car owners and sponsors to be involved in making the place better. We want everybody be proud of the track and, and happy to come see it and hang out at it. And uh, hopefully they'll feel welcome and get a nice, exciting, nice worth of entertainment and racing. Some of the people that, that uh, have been working there, um, uh, in particular, uh, a few few names uh, are going to uh, be retained as part of the staff because they've just been working um, their hearts out for a couple of years. They really have uh, high hopes for what, what's going to happen because they've been working really hard um, in, in kind of a tough situation because... Chris uh, Ponsolt, who, who basically saved the track from extinction, um, uh, didn't have the, the background in racing or, or experience in, in the racing industry, and that's one thing that that, uh, that of course Ken Kenny has, and he has this passion for racing. But uh, uh, Larry Thacker and, and his wife Sherry are invaluable employees there, and they're going to be continuing to to. Uh, to do what uh, they're doing under a different management, and then uh, Amy Wilson, of course, mm-hmm. um, will will be there. And there's several other people. I can't think of all the names right now, but all those people were there, and it was kind of they were really excited about what. Uh, yeah, it was it was very nice because uh, for most of the folks out there listening may not realize that Ken Kenny grew up racing at this track. He he grew up around this uh, speedway, and he knows a lot of people, a lot of families that were involved in racing. And all of those people are his friends, and they want to help him succeed as well as they want to have a place to go race that's closer to home and not lose another track down in the southern part of Florida. So I think all in all, people are going to see a big push and a big change in the attitude and the demeanor of a raceway, and it's going to be really, really great for the southern part of the state. Hopefully a lot of people come out, check it out, like I say, and uh, come back to see us. One one thing is for sure. Um when this place is open, after it's been open for a few months, it's going to turn some heads. There's no doubt about that because it's a lot of the stuff that that uh, you know is it's in the works, and uh, you know it's it's going to be pretty wild what happens down there. Things are going to be done a little bit differently, and I think there's going to be uh, one thing for sure: there will be a, a different level of promotion being done. That um, we always talk about promotion, and yeah, all the tracks work promotion hard. Well, I think we're going to see something on a whole new level uh, from Ken Kenny. One other topic that I had on my list, Jack, I want to make sure I covered for all the racers that are out there listening. A lot of people went to Henry County Speedway over the last few years and said, geez, that is the sandiest, beatenest up stuff that gets inside the motor and so forth. But Ken Kenny is going to scrape that place clean pretty much and start over uh, or at least mix in a whole lot more stuff and save that off to the side that he has there uh, to to get better gumbo clay, so to speak, or a better tacky surface to race on. That was uh, one of about number three on his list after the uh, bathrooms and some other things to get things done and make it better for the racers, to make them enjoy the track and want to come back. Safety was number two on his list, and he was talking about raising the walls an extra foot and a half or so in places, raising the stands up so you could see over those walls so it felt a little safer uh, in some of the areas that were a little low compared to what you'd like to see. So a lot of things going to go on there. Uh may take a few months to get it done. Uh, January 26th or 24th, something like that, is when the meeting of the uh, uh, county commissioners is again for the month of January. And that's when he goes there. 
to see if they'll approve uh, his plan, and he's going to give them a full plan of everything that he wants to do in the next year or so uh, to give him the opportunity and time to get those things done as quickly as possible because he uh, has agreed, you know, basically not to open until he has the uh, uh, sewer system straightened out to where it's up to code. So that in itself will uh, be the biggest holdup, and then right after that gets done, he can go on to start doing a lot of the other things he'd really like to see done. But it's going to be going to be really cool. I'm excited. I hope everybody else is that's involved down there, and I know that uh, our good buddy on the other end of the line there uh, is uh, excited to, to, to talk to the people in the neighborhood that, that love to see that track, and they want to stay keep it there. In fact, uh, Terry, I believe you've already sold a couple of big signs. You had a couple going up when I was there. Right. Uh, Roland Martin's Marina, a big place in Clewiston, has bought a 8-foot by 16-foot sign. Randy's Garage has bought a 4 by 8. And just today I closed a deal with uh, BTS Speed Equipment in Tampa. I mean, all the way in Tampa has uh, bought a sign. And also, uh, quickly, I want to mention uh, Karen Kay at Flex. Dash FX uh, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, has cut us a deal that has been tremendous to help us out getting this track going. Yeah, well, is that uh, have something to do with Rob as well? Oh yeah, Rob. Say thank you, Rob. Thank you <laughs> for everything. That's how that's how you got your uh, ornament for your hood. Yeah. Yeah, I got it on there too. And we'll we'll discuss other things, Rob, uh, as the time goes by, and see what we can do with putting something on the quarter panels. We got to go, guys. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen, tomorrow night, don't miss East Bay Raceway Park. We want everybody to be there. We're gonna Wednesday, get Wednesday, Wednesday night, Bill. Wednesday, Wednesday night. I'm excited. <laughs> Wednesday night. What are we doing at Wednesday night at East Bay? Can't can't we have a, a run through tomorrow? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to it Wednesday night. Somebody's going to be really impressed by their uh, ring. Dirt World is doing uh, their show tomorrow night, yeah. Tuesday night, instead of Wednesday, so that those guys, uh, Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid, can be with us over at East okay. Bay Raceway Park on Wednesday night. When Yes, Cece. Well, the when we're going to give away the Jewelers. Pandora Jewelers Driver. Driver of the Year Award, and this is what I want to know, guys. Do I get to wear the ring and model it all night until... It comes time to present it to the winner. Well, I'm surprised we'll, you don't have it on. We'll now. have to just wear the sash that says, you know, <laughs> driver of the year. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll wear the sash. I can do the sash if I, long, if I get to wear the ring. I've got a tiara. Do you want me to bring the tiara? I can oh, bring my. A tiara at a racetrack. I think most of these guys would appreciate a crown more than a tiara. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, Bill. We Take care, guys. Thanks so much, folks. Peace See you, you, Bill. Bye, guys. Bye. It's St. Pete boogie time, dudes. Yeah, it's time to go. See you, Rob. I'll see you guys on Wednesday night, folks. Uh, thanks for listening to the show tonight. This is Real Racing. Real Racing. USA. You really gonna have a ball when you do the same people again. You really gonna have a ball down the south side of town, yeah. In some hole. I got to do the same people I'm gonna jump until I fall. I've got to do the same people I'm gonna jump until I fall. Bar hopping and high topping. Hey Lord, can't you hear me call?
going down to Rosier Park. Don't get caught there after dark. I'm going down to Rosier Park. Don't get caught there after dark. Take a tip from me, old son. Not even if you've got a gun. We're going to do the Little party, did my job in the cave. 